Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to a live episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 114. And we are live from SEMA 2019. On my right, we got Ryan from Rywire. What's up everybody? And then on Super happy to be here. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. And on his right is my man, T-Money. Yo, yo, yo. What up? TJ, what up, bro? Thanks for having me on, bro. Of course, man. So uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, few hours that we got here. We kind of got a nice little lineup. Don't want to tell you guys who's going to come, but it uh, should be pretty cool, man. So, uh, Ryan, you got to tell us about this little <laughs> trophy you oh, yeah. got well, in front of us. Why I wasn't, uh, well, I was almost not on time here. <laughs> It's all good, bro. So, yeah, um, I actually won a appearance cosmetic kind of award yeah. for JE Pistons. So, this is for the red ATEAT -E Civic, the gotcha. 85 hatch. Um, I guess it took a little bit of convincing. So, Mike Kojima, you know, we, we all know him from Moto IQ. Okay. And Mike convinced uh, Freiburger, you know, David Freiburger, for, he's all in Moto Trend, Murder Trend, like all that, you know. Okay. Um, him and a couple other guys that I, I'm familiar with but not too familiar with that um, they wanted to kind of take it in a different direction because think about it you know appearance you're gonna have like crazy off-the-wall engine cosmetically maybe like tucked or like whatever the case Definitely, may be yeah uh, our 85 car is actually uh, very simple you know it's not like too over the top but it uses really high quality parts so with the XRP and our motorsport wiring and Ken racing engines, you know, two liter, 240 horsepower engine. Yeah. Um, Mike really, you know, he had to sell them on it, but but they gave me an award. And the best part of it is, is we got thousand dollar certificate oh, for a set of pistons. So oh, sick. I mean, I think you know Brandon's the owner of the vehicle, and you know yeah. we put the car together. But uh, we'll see if Brandon can uh, hook me up with. I think Brandon. <laughs> I think he I, will. Because I got a, I got a six-cylinder engine. I could probably thousand dollars would be a nice little head start on some new pistons. So. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Congrats, bro. So what do you mean by convincing? Do you think that the other guys didn't realize the work that went into that car? Yeah, I think so. Like uh, Freiburger, for example, he, you know, he's a muscle car guy. Yeah. Different different environment. He's not a sport compact, right? So then I guess the funny thing is, I'll tell you straight up. So I saw him, happened to see him. I was next to the car, like you know, our car, quote unquote. And uh, there was a 8.6 that was, it's like gold, it's right, it's part right beside mine. And the okay. engine, it's like a Beams engine, it's really clean, all tucked, but it's not like, it doesn't use, you could tell it doesn't use anything too high quality. Gotcha. It's just tucked and clean and simple, and it's a showstopper for sure, I love the car. Um, he was like jocking it. Yeah. I, I recognized him, I saw him, you know, for, from various outlets, and I could realize he was judging something. And he was loving the car. He's like talking about, oh, this is dope. Look how clean it is. This is where yeah. where is everything? Like you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, he kind of walked by the hatchback, like our car, and he kind of like almost gave a little like, <laughs> you really? know, yeah, like wow. he looked at it for like the most split second, right? So then, uh, you know, Mike Kojima is like, hey, fill this out because we really like your car. And I'm like, I, I don't know, bro. Like. I saw, I saw Freiburger look at it, and he like didn't. He was not about it. Right? He, he raised the shoulders, guys. If you're listening, yeah, it was a, it was like a, a very loud scoff. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't quite that bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a, these these little Honda kids. You know, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. So uh, yeah, that was pretty much the extent of it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, sign up for that or like you know fill out the paper. Yeah. So I left it in my bag, and then. And then Mike Kojima's like, hey, please, please, by 2 o'clock, can you just get that paper filled out? And it was literally like, write my name, 
write what it is and I'm like fine uh, I'll go fill it out yeah. so I ran it over there gave it to him and then he's like yo you gotta be here at 10.30 and I'm like oh shit we're supposed to meet here at 10.30 uh, so it only lasts like 15 minutes so that's oh no cool. it's all good but man but Lakovsky won an award for oh, his billet sick. his billet K yeah I mean that thing is unreal is you it far I mean? from here? dude I don't even know where it's lo- located oh wait I do know where it is um, I could take you there. He, yeah, he ga- he gave me the uh, booth number yeah. yesterday. But TJ, that's um, Jeremy Lakowski. He owns this Lekoski. company called uh, Drag Cartel. Okay. And um, it the whole entire thing is billet. Yeah, right? it's got a so it's got a billet really? block. Actually, almost. So it's got a billet block, billet dry sump. You know, really nice stuff, right? Just in itself, that's high dollar shit. Yeah. Um, it's a custom cast head. So that's only, I believe that's the only part that's not got all you, billet, but okay. it's not really necessary for that. Yeah. Um, it is brand new though, and it's custom built. Um, then he also has like, you know, various manifolds, et cetera, et cetera. And also he has the transmission with the all wheel drive. So he has all yeah. that and the display engine has all that bolted on. So you're looking at like a basically full billet engine. He has a naturally aspirated 2.4 and he has a turbocharged uh, K20, uh, I'm sorry, K24 is turbocharged, natu- naturally aspirated is uh, 2.7. Wow. So uh, big money. Yeah. Serious business. No. Right <laughs> that's, that's so Team Money, spicy. how you enjoying it, bro? Good, man. Good, man. So you, it's uh, actually my uh, first day actually at SEMA. Oh, so that's right. Yeah, my flight got delayed yesterday, so I didn't get in on time. Yeah. I got. I was supposed to get in at 1.30. Our flight didn't get in until 4. No way. Yeah. Oh, that sucks, dude. But that but, happens. I'm here. So, so you brought your uh, your cousin in? Yeah, my cousin. Uh, every year I always post pictures about SEMA. Every year. Been doing it for, what, 11 plus years, I think. Yeah. And uh, he's always wanted to come, and I made it happen. So he flew in from South Africa just for SEMA. So you're really from South Africa, right? I really am from South <laughs> Africa. Believe it or not, I know. Just because I'm white, don't let the skin fool you. Born there. <laughs> Dope, T. So what, what keeps bringing you back to the show? I don't know, man. I love cars. Yeah. Love cars, good friends, good people. Um, love checking out everything that comes out, the new builds, uh, different things. I love seeing how, how they uh, come out with new designs. It's, yeah. just, it's just overall really, really fun. So have you seen anything out here that... Uh, caught your eye uh today i mean i saw a couple different builds i thought was pretty cool i saw that uh there's this uh, almost looks like a uh what is it like a like an army tank over there uh-huh that's like i don't know who's it by but it's pretty fucking sick was it in fast and furious no but it looked like something that tyrese would drive in fast <laughs> and furious <laughs> I, uh, I got dropped off by the Uber, and I got dropped off in the back where they do, like, the yep. um, the BMW racing, like, the drifting right there. And there's these two old-school cars. I, I know one was a Camaro, but I don't know what the hell they have, dude. It's, like, the huge double-car blower and then, like, twin turbos. And it's, like, two motors. It's Jeez. one motor below, and then... It's, I just call it, like, the Aussie spec engine. What is that? Where there's like literally the engine has the supercharger on top and the blower's on top of that and it's like or ev- everything is just stacked on top and then it's got these like s- like straps that basically hold the block together. You know what I mean? Like so the thing doesn't just pull itself apart. It's like safety straps. So that's Ratchet like the, that, strap. that's the Auss- Aussie spec for sure, dude. Do you think those cars are do, are they worth it? Like to put in all that work? 
to make so, what so kind of power are they even making they make a lot of power um, when I was in Australia for an event yeah there was a guy there and um, he, he basically built one of those engines and he had it in like a it was an old school like I don't remember what it was exactly but he's like get, get in the car go for a ride right mm-hmm. so I jump in this thing and he has just like you know like not race buckets just like old school like one you know single seat and we jump in the back and I'm literally holding on to this like bar in the back of the car right and the dude's just like hits it like and just on the freeway just spinning like burning out like crazy back and forth like but the car's not going anywhere yeah and i'm asking him like dude you need like some traction right and they literally build those cars for like kind of stunting like that so they're on the freeway they could just like step step on it and the thing will just like lay rubber yeah and it doesn't really hook up though wait on the freeway like on the free yeah any speed any speed I mean, because it's like, they're like 2,000 plus horsepower. Jesus. Yeah. And then they're just like, you know, they, they don't have traction control or anything like that. <laughs> oh so they're just God. like, it's like an on-off switch. The engine's just like full spool, whatever. And it's just like going all over. <laughs> it was it was cool experience, but I just like felt like for that much power, I've been in much faster cars. Oh, really? But the engines are crazy, you know, like yeah. 2,000 plus. Do they, they have big tires in the back? Yeah, 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 of course. Like they would, ha- they would probably need like an all-wheel drive setup. Or yeah, something. They, need, they need all-wheel drive and like, I mean, this dude was like, yeah, I'm on a Motec, but I like looked at it, it's like an M84 and he doesn't have any like speed sensors in it, and it's just like, it's a good ECU, like yeah, and it's an Australian-based ECU, and they could do traction control and different strategies, but he just wanted to do burnouts and like yeah. crazy shit you know what I, mean? I think that that's what a lot of people build cars for i think so just to go hoon around of course <laughs> but i mean around. that's like kind of fun though there's a oh, place for yeah, that dude. for sure but um, yeah I, d- I definitely love doing that shit man i just got the uh the chevelle running yeah and, and uh Every time I drive it, something else happens to it. Like brakes? Or? I don't fucking know, dude. I was driving it the other day, and just the idle is just just started acting weird on it. Okay. And now that it's the uh, it's like that the carburetor fuel injection yeah kind of thing. Make sure it's like spray around for vacuum leaks. Maybe that, that I was thinking that too, mm. but to be honest, I didn't even want to fucking deal with it, bro. Yeah. I just want to uh, I just want to drive that car, yeah. man. You know those cars where you just want to drive it, just get out and go, it, not have to worry about of shit. Of course, none of my cars are like that. Just the BMW, that's it. Yeah. Every other car, there's some sort of issue, dude. Yeah, you. I mean, I, I'm like really a firm believer in having a daily driver, something that's fun but not modified. Yeah. So you could just like have. I got customers all day that are just like, oh, I'm doing this and that to my daily, and I'm like, no, dude, like buy, <laughs> buy something reliable and and have a project with a different car. At least just have like a hoopty daily. Right, yeah, something. Yeah, so T, what what would your uh, dream car be if you could get one, dude? Dream car, huh? Yeah. With all those best buy bucks, what are we gonna get? If I could, I'd buy a 928 Spider. 928 Spider. Porsche. Oh, really? That'd be my dream car. Oh, okay. dude, I, I just remembered that your, uh, your pops used to have a Porsche, right? Yeah, yeah, the 997. Nice. 997 Twin Turbo. It was nice. 2008. Yeah. It was a legit car. Yeah. Do you know that car? Yeah, I mean, it's it, I, it's the turbo version of my GT3. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did a little different engine, uh, twin, you know, this turbocharged. Yep. Um, but yeah, dude, like you could, you could throw aftermarket parts at that car and make serious power. Really? Yeah. Whereas naturally aspirated one like mine, um, yeah, you can make more power, but it's going to be like it's all relative. Like when you have a tur- turbocharged car, you can add turbos intercoolers all those upgrades and it's going to be like night and day yeah you can make a thousand easy with that so what cars have you guys seen here that really 
caught your eye, like from our industry? Our industry. Well, do you want me to start? Go ahead. Okay. So, um, I haven't seen the whole show or anything yet, but um, there's a car in the Tread Pass that really stood out to me, mm-hmm. and it's a um, Baja 911. Oh, okay. the, the white Baja 911. Okay. Dude, that shit is really, really, really amazing. Yeah. Um, the development and like the off-road parts that they put onto that 911 chassis was pretty remarkable. Um, I guess the guy's gonna be selling that car for a little over a million, like 1.2 mil. Oh wow! Jesus. Yeah, and they're gonna do like a production of those. Yeah. And um, it's it's really neat to see just like the development and stuff that is going into that with like the 3D scanning of all the parts. Um, and then, you know, private production stuff. Yeah. So instead of it being, um, you know, just here's a bunch of parts that you could buy and I'm developing it for this chassis. It's like, no, you can buy the car and I'm developing the parts for those customers. Um, I think that's neat. You know, obviously nobody, you know, 1% of the people at this show probably have 1.2 mil to throw at a yeah. Baja Porsche. But uh, I, nonetheless, I think that that car is like really stood out for me. Yeah. Hey. Um, before, before we move on we got uh, we got we got some of our buddies here from uh, from Florida how you doing guys Marlon, Yo. Marlon jump on here bro how you doing, how you how you doing, doing man good good so we got uh, Marlon in here and uh, driver from Florida man what's up guys what's up good good what's up what's up not much man so um, how, how do you guys enjoy the show so far Oh man, it's 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 honored, man. Like I never been to a show like this before. I love it, and I'm looking forward to next year to come out here. Seeing these type of car, it makes you appreciate the build yeah. of what people do. Of everything, not just import, everything, domestic truck, everything. You appreciate it because the quality of work you see they put in the car. Yeah, it makes you appreciate it. So, me seeing these type of work made me want to go back and you know do upgrades to my car. It's a very big motivation to me. You know? Sick, man. So, um, Driver and uh, Marlon are big Downstar supporters from Florida, man. I really, really appreciate you guys putting in the work. Uh, Marlon has the, uh, it's a teal EG okay, with right, like right. red accents boosted and stuff. And he's at a car show every single weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. I try to make it everyone I could go to. I go there, man. I, I support Downstar a lot because. Frank showed me a lot of love, so you know, you give me respect, I respect him back, you know? That's awesome. You know, I'm really appreciated to get that, you know, because a lot of people don't look out for people nowadays. So when you're getting somebody showing you love from the other side, just appreciate it, man, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's one reason that I love working with you guys and Fred too, you know? Yeah, all yeah, all yeah, you guys yeah. out in Florida is because you not only show love, you appreciate it too. And then the uh, the last time when we were out there for Ibach, yeah. and we were hanging out at the pre-meet, it was just like hanging out with friends, you know. And, yeah. and I love that, man. We're all just you know older guys doing what we're lo- what we love to do, and what we're passionate about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, man, I wish everybody on the other side could come out here and see what these cars is like, man. It's my first time, and I'm like a, a kid in a candy store, you know what I mean, like. It's amazing, man. I'm like, I'm telling driver, oh, I'm going to buy my ticket already for next year. So it's just like, yeah, it's, you appreciate cars, you know what I mean? And you appreciate people, you know? It's very nice all year so far, and I've been here just for a couple hours. Oh, man. Awesome. Nice. I had to call him every, every day. 
buy your plane ticket yet? <laughs> Make sure you buy your plane ticket because you're going. I told you last year you're going this year, so. Definitely. Make sure every day he buys plane tickets. He'll even to what? 9.30 at night? Yeah, he'd be on me. Oh, buy your tickets. I'm looking at the tickets now. I was like, yeah, get it. <laughs> so even in our little industry, like guys are coming from all over the world, man. It's crazy to see that. It's, it's really cool, man. And, and Driver, he has the uh, the red Integra with sort of, what, what is it like a purplish kind of powder coat? Or it's a, it's a purple. Accent? I won't tell you exactly what the color is. Low key. It is a purple wrinkle. <laughs> Yeah, but that, we'll that just car, say purple. That car is always putting in work as well, man. And uh, so, do you work for Hard Race? Um, I kind of work for Hard Race. Got you, it, got it's you. like my best friend, so you can say I work for Hard Race. Very cool, um, man. You're a brand ambassador. I've been around them. So. That's right. No way. I've been there before, like the product before Hard Race USA and stuff like that. Never left them behind. Always support them. Always believe in his passion. He always believe in me. So. You know, it's the same thing like Marlon said, when somebody show you love, you show love back. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm very loyal to people, even Downstar and Thank others. Thank you, man, you know? yeah. So I don't, I don't leave anybody behind. I always support them, even when, they're, when they think they're down and they, like, want to give up. I'm like, no, don't give up. Keep going. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's me and the Hard Race, which is Velocity Shop, have always, we're always going to have a bond. We're like brothers, you know. Like, yeah. Like you say, we keep meeting new people and we get more family, you know. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, so you guys have a, a pretty nice car representing the brand at this SEMA show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, that, that car right there, man. Raul's, a, uh, Raul's EG from Checkered Sports. Yeah, Raul's Checkered Great car. Sports car. Nice. Man, it's speechless. Like, the, 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 the pictures and the rendering yeah. do not <laughs> mean anything until you see the car in person. Then yeah. you're like, wow. Shout out to Raul, man. Talking about somebody who puts their heart into it. Uh, we've all been watching him build that car for the last, you know, six months or whatever. And he's been full throttle on it. Yeah, every dope. day it looks like. Yeah, sweet. Until the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody, yeah, man. It's yeah. always the last minute stuff. It's always a race. Yeah, dude. But thank you guys for stopping by. I appreciate it, man. No Before problem, we get yeah. out of here, let us know your uh, your Instagrams so they can follow you guys. Uh, driver is you got driven. The letter U G O T D R I V E N. There you go, driver. Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah, it. And um, mine is Marlon Ultimate E G um, M A R L O N U L I T U L T-A-M-E E-G Got it No, we'll, okay. we'll list them below But guys, I really want to tell you Thank you for your support I really, really appreciate it It's an honor, you, man We you, appreciate man. it, man Thank you, brother we'll, we'll definitely catch up with you guys Later on in the trip All right. Thanks, guys Thank you right. Nice meeting you, man Nice Actually, to meet you I was you. watching a YouTube um, video With Driver oh, okay Yeah, yeah. oh, you, you wire Yeah, yeah I, uh, I appreciate the, the share And the post yeah, Thank you, I saw that it, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm just nervous to be here, man. Ah, okay. Hey, go enjoy, bro. <laughs> go enjoy. Yeah, Definitely. You guys are going to have a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys in a little bit. All right, man. Dope. It's it's always good to talk to guys from other parts of the country, you know? Yeah. And uh, you've been to Orlando yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple I went, times. Yeah, I went. It was uh, not this year, but the year before that. We saw all those guys out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been out there, TJ? Uh, I've been in Miami long time ago i've never been to orlando though oh okay i've never even been to miami before really yeah it was really uh really humid <laughs> that I, was for sure i hear that they just have girls walking around and nothing out there yep so 
so I don't okay. know if Ash would want us to go out there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe maybe uh, we can set up a <laughs> IBOC trip. <laughs> yeah, a little, little like give it a getaway real quick. <laughs> Just gotta look at the ground the whole time as he's walking. Yeah. A little getaway. Well, yeah, it's cool, man. It's uh, actually yesterday we went to the uh, the H Day meet. Right. Yeah. So H Day, they were throwing a, a, a Taco Tuesday meet from eight to ten. Uh, it was at the Silverton. Silverton. Casino. Yep. So that's kind of like at the beginning of the strip. So when we got there, there was um, the front parking lot, and there was just like a, like a cool little meet. So we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. But then everybody started pulling into. Um, another spot which was a designated spot and once we got in there dude they had a tv or a oh, tv shit. excuse me they had a dj they had tents they had models it was like it was yep. crazy huh and then we found the taco truck and we had to go <laughs> you know the first stop right yeah but yeah How that was tacos, dude, that, oh um like I had four a taco place. Yeah, there was, it? It was okay, a good okay. amount of stuff. Good, yeah. good tacos there. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. I don't know what. Shoot, I wish I remember the name of the truck. But whatever. shout out to them, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's good. But shout out to uh, Javier, Brian, and the whole OGS team, man. Yeah. I hope that they make that a tradition because that was a lot more than I really expected. I I did not expect that at all. It either. was cool, huh? Yeah, it was like you know you walk in, there's like like where did you guys get all this stuff? You guys brought all this <laughs> stuff? Like so many cars too. I don't understand like how they like rounded up all those guys. Because I, like, barely even knew where to go. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, how did everybody know how to get here? It's pretty cool. So this was the first time they did this, that event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, pretty yeah. tight. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was good, man. Shout out, shout out to those guys, too. But uh, I think we got our next guest in. You ready, brother? All right, let me have you come over here. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Well, we'll, t- we'll take a picture. This, this All right, guys. Guy. So, uh, so we got Reed Lundy here from uh, Kaizen Speak, KS Tune, man, yep. with a uh, uh, check that's taller than I am. <laughs> so, so tell us about it, dude. Last time we had you on the pod, I think it was maybe three months ago. Yeah, June so- or July. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay, so we cooked up a little plan. We wanted to have the pod drop on the day. The day the, the voting started. The voting yeah. started for a SEMA competition. So uh-huh. let us know a little bit about that. Sure. So there's a uh, thing called Launchpad every year and they do you know like kind of new products and they're trying to bring awareness to those things so we entered that contest I really think it was kind of tailor-made for me and this this product because of it's a really wide use case and it's legitimately uh, innovative so yeah we uh, went through that it was you know 75 applicants down to 15 down to 10 down to 5 and no then way on wow. Monday we presented on stage and uh, you know here we are little little check Dude. And some recognition, which is really cool, because we're really trying to bring, you know, I've always made year make model specific products. Yeah. Right. And so here's one that has a very wide use case, uh, really going to solve a lot of problems for a lot of people, and um, so I'm really, really excited about it. So you went. Sure. So you went from. <laughs> yeah. Right. Bottles tonight on Reed. Yeah, we'll see you guys at Dre's. <laughs> so you went from having the idea entering and people voting you in just to be able to be part of the discussion correct yeah yeah so then you know that's why we dropped the podcast um you know the day that the voting started a little bit of awareness trying to reach out to all of our channels and uh so yeah you know then we went to the next stage and uh top five were voted in by a panel of uh, manufacturers reps so manufacturers reps uh you know basically introduce products into different uh markets so yeah then monday we did our thing 
a little two-minute presentation in front of Von Gittin Jr. and oh, Wade cool. Kawasaki and you know some other industry people. Um, yeah, and here we are. So really, could really you, excited. Could you explain for us a little bit more about that product for the people that aren't aware? Sure. So it's a interconnectable solid-state relay. Right. So wow. if you power up one relay, then you can interconnect them. So we've it's a, all it's a daisy chain. It's a daisy words. chain w uh, way to, uh, but for power distribution. Right. Yeah. So. You know, we've all popped the hood and seen six relays, NASA wiring. I, I, I never have uh, never, yeah, right. never <laughs> seen that. You, you could probably swim like Scrooge McDuck and all, in, in messy wiring you've pulled out of cars. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Course, so, uh, yeah. So, what we want to do is clean that wiring up. And then, you know, we also fixed everything about wiring. So, our big thing is that relays have been ignored. And if you think about it, like square box relays relative to the rest of your car are ridiculously outdated like it's embarrassing to me it kind of blows my mind and it really shows to me it's a huge opportunity so the what we've fixed about it is we've made it solid state we've made it high current uh, we've made it every one of them weatherproof installs without tools uh, we use spring cage clamps which are internationally accepted for heavy shock heavy vibration um, so motorsports guys will accept it it's not screw terminals that can rattle loose um, yeah and then like I or, said, or, or spade terminals that could just fall off. Right, or okay. exposed contacts, right, right that are going to oxidize over time. Yep. And then we've also created a CAN module that connects to the side, so you don't have to power that. Right now, you can do a smart, you can control relays with a you know CAN-enabled module. Um, it's a separate box that ha that also requires power and ground, has to be installed somewhere else in the vehicle, and then you run wires to it. This control module will click right on the side as soon as it's attached. It's powered, so. You know, at that point, uh, you're just really reducing wiring. If and you then see it's just, it and a, feel it's just a couple can wires coming off of that hub after it's been powered and grounded and clicked Correct. on. Correct. Yep. So you would feed that control module the can high, can low, yep. and that's it. It's got a can, a single can bus, three analog inputs, three analog outputs. Okay. Can be pulsed, um, you know, up to twenty thousand hertz, mm -hmm. which is everything. So yeah. Man, so if you had PWM control on your ECU, then no problem. It can pulse it. It could do whatever it wants. Absolutely, right? you can pull straight from the ECU straight yep. into the mm -hmm. uh, relay, and this relay can switch high or low. Yep. So uh, that's really good. Yeah, I really feel like if you see it, hold it, and and put it together, it just it clicks. Everybody's eyes light up. I like seeing the uh, you know the light bulb go off when you yeah. put it in people's hands. They go, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that's been really satisfying because I wasn't sure if. You know, I fell in love with the idea. A lot of times you can fall in love with your own idea. Yeah. SEMA is our litmus test. Does this product have legs? And winning Launchpad yes. and being able to, you know, show this to multiple people and see the light bulb go off in all different levels of truck people, low education, high education, industry professionals, newbies, everybody gets it. And that's uh, validating, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it proves that, that uh, I mean, people get it. Yeah. So, what, so what's the next step? after this you hitting the ground running so the next step is the move to manufacturing we're not going to be available to end of 2020 what you're looking at here is 3d printed prototypes um, sls you know nylon and the product moving forward is going to be plastic injection molded it'll be made out of the same thing that in ingersoll ran impact guns are made out of it's a glass filled nylon just tough as shit yeah you know yeah so this is your big project yeah. for uh for 2020 no go for it pick it up We're, uh, we're, yeah, so we're 2020, uh, so right now we're going to move from, you know, these 3D printed prototypes into um, 
plastic injection molded mass produced units because like what you're looking at here every single one of them costs us about 400 bucks oh shoot. we're, we're going to sell them at 100 so that's going to require <laughs> volume right <laughs> so you can just twist. yeah no, that, and these, these are really like cool, man. yeah so if the other way there you go so uh yeah, if the trigger's on, the right LEDs or the left LEDs on. If yeah. the outputs on, the right LEDs on. If it's working as it's supposed to, then they're both on. Got it. And then we've got an override button here, so you can test yeah. your wiring. Okay. I mean, regular relays should even have that. Yeah. You yeah. know. And oh. then these, this wire termination is sick. I, I really, really like that. If I didn't have to hold this mic, I'd show you how that works. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Though. Dude, very cool, man. Congratulations, Reed. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So. Yeah. No, definitely. That 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 shows. It, it was really cool. Uh, I don't know if you saw the post that I did on Facebook. But just to see your idea, to, to hear you talk about it, and to actually see it come to life, and for you to reach your goals, man, that that's huge. Real thing, yeah. For sure. I mean, it was uh, two year, about two years in the making. Matter of fact, maybe 2015, 2016, we were playing around with like a, a PDM. We were going to design a PDM, and it kind of, you know, we had our ideas of what what that was going to be and unique. And scope creep happened, and we ended up with like add this feature, add this feature, and add this feature. And the wider the feature set got, the narrower the market got. So we were kind of going backwards. We're working harder and harder and harder, and narrowing down our market. Oh, so gotcha. we put that to bed, and it kind of died. And then this is the derivative of that. Kind of got reborn. The idea here is it's just a relay. Yeah. Every single one of us sitting here around this table walking around SEMA has 10, 15, 20 relays in every vehicle we own. Yeah. Right? Every vehicle, boats, trucks, ATVs, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it. So then uh, the use case is wide. And then with the pro programmable control module, we want manufacturers to take that, uh, replace the old school relays that are in their kits with our relay, gotcha. maybe write their own firmware, and now their uh, their customers have an upgrade that is um, you know real easy to real easy to achieve. So um, yeah, we really want to partner with manufacturers. We want to replace the old school relays that are included in their kits gotcha. with our relay and um, make the installation easier for their guys and add functionality. Nice. So what brand is this relay going to be under? Kaizen Speed. Kaizen so, Speed. So, you know, we're, we have a domestic brand, Kaizen Speed, and an import brand, KS Tune. We kind of split those off maybe a couple of years ago. I think we're going to bring it all back under one umbrella again. And now we're just, you, you know, right now we have two separate Facebook pages, two separate Instagrams. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. So I think we're going to bring it all back together and under one brand you're probably going to see Kaizen, you know, import stuff, the domestic stuff that we're doing and the Kaizen Relay stuff because since the Kaizen Relay does everything, it's we're going to be sharing content from resto mods to every other kind of thing. So we're going to be an innovative products company and you're going to have, you're going to see everything on there. Well, I got an idea. So what about if you just call it the Reed Relay? Then I have to whole, totally rebrand it. <laughs> Three brands, bro. Just keep adding them up, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, like you're doing it. How many you got now, oh, man? Bro. I can't even follow how many Facebook, I mean, Instagram fucking, accounts I think you I got, sell, bro. I think I sell fit tees somewhere. Oh <laughs> I, I understand. I understand yeah. your struggles, bro. I, it's I, definitely I hard. I can't even handle it. I, I, yeah, I don't know how you do it. So, man. so where is your passion layout right now? I love designing products. So I hate designing. You'll never see any brand that I'm involved with make like, oh, hey, we make it in blue. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I, I like to be, I lose interest when it gets knocked off and it's just a commodity again. You know, I'm out for that. What I like to do is I, I want to I solve real problems. I want to be 
really proud of what I make. You know, um, all the successful products we've made in the past have been products that are that don't exist. So like, I'm not saying, hey, you know, there, it's out there, but I made it like you know, teeny bit better. Like every product I've made is like, this is the only one. And then gotcha. then the derivatives kind of or the the ripoffs start coming. The problem for me is I've always made year make model specific. So yeah. I might put the same amount of effort that I put into this relay into that, but I can only sell a hundred of them because it's like for a four year range of vehicle, you know? So this is the this is the first one that justified the investment of time. You know, I'm I'm two years into this. Pretty I've been really solid on this particular uh, product since November 2017. So uh, just, you know, in the background, we, we couldn't share anything until we applied for our utility patent. So February, we applied for a, a utility patent for the ability to interconnect a power distribution module without a common housing or mounting plate. Because hmm. if you think about it, um, even a fuse box is a way to interconnect relays, right? But it caught, it's a bulky, big bulky thing, you know? And so a fuse box is an interconnectable relay, basically. If include this big bulky fuse box that you have to buy um, our big thing was you don't have there's not like a you don't have to think about it there's not a parent thing and then slave devices each one is just a relay except for that they can connect together so everybody buys one relay installs that one relay and then oh crap next week it's oh yeah I forgot I also need another relay for this other thing that's what usually happens so this is that's this is great for that so you can connect it together reduce the wiring that, that's where I'm cool. at. Very cool, man. Congratulations, Reed. Appreciate it, yeah. dude. Um, I wish you the best, man. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, uh, what this product looks like when it's all ready to go. Yeah, me too. Reed me Relay, too. man. Make sure you guys check it out. <laughs> Kaizen Relay. Kaizen Relay. Ignore. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It's good talking. Uh, hey, Thanks Reed, so much, thank man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. You, you have a good trip, bro. Oh, dude, that's Congrats, such man. a dope. That's so cool. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll catch up with you soon, man. Right. Don't Have check. Oh, yeah. Don't forget your. Uh, oh, don't forget it. How much? That's four hundred <laughs> bucks, right dude. Four hundred. How, how much did you take out of my box? <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a good one, guys. See yeah. ya. Yeah, we'll catch you later. All right, later. I just so, put it in my pocket yeah, for, for the for the listeners. Ryan but, uh, just stole it. So, um, TJ, I'm gonna need a whole recap on that. Let's hear what you got. What you What you learn? Oh, I learned quite a bit off of that. That was pretty tight. I okay, like the, quite uh, a bit. Let's go. The design of the. We relay. got time. So uh, I love it how uh, how simple it was, but the way he designed that really, how you can just add connectors to it, mm. I thought it was genius. Mm. You don't see that too often, but um, and I, I really like that. And then the idea that just popped into his head, you know, a lot of people have an idea but don't act on it. Yeah. I mean, and he's been, like you said, he's been working on it for over two years now, and um, to see it come to life, that's that's awesome. I think that's good with anything, man. Yeah, Just to exactly. see somebody think of an idea, create it, and see it come to life. Yeah, because you, you think about so many people that have ideas that don't act upon it. And yeah. uh, when you see that, it's pretty awesome. So, Ryan, where would you see that um, that relay being used? Um, I could see it being used in... I mean, really what he said about, let's say that you're a manufacturer of an electronic device that uses a relay. Yeah. Um, so like for me, for example, where would I implement that? Um, we sell like a fuse box as like a lower end um, mating product to our engine looms. Gotcha. So like that, it's like a Busman fuse box and it's what he pretty much described is that it's it's modular, but you add to it, not you don't snap together to it. Like yeah. it's not ever expandable like that would kind of be. Um, and that could be 
something to replace that lower qual that low sorry lower end application um i think it's cool it's a great idea props to him to for you know taking an idea and like you said and yeah. acting on it and and and, and winning and getting ten thousand dollar check to start that idea and the two years of development that he's put into it um the most impressive part of it to me because to be honest like i'll be really really truthful with this i'm not that impressed with it but the fact that it has can bus yeah makes me then go now i am impressed with it you gotcha. see what i'm saying so the like if it was like yeah you just click them together and da 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 I would be like, yeah, but you could just always leave like a power and a ground off of your next relay and then you could double crimp to that and go to another one that yeah, snaps yeah, together. Yeah. But then the fact that there's, the way that it interconnects is nicer. It's an upgrade. It's got LEDs on it. Like, yes, it's better, but I like wouldn't see a market. But then the fact that you put can to it, now it can be a, a manufacturer, let's say myself, that has something that's literally made to go to a specific chassis so you know how he was saying like oh i can only sell a hundred well there's still those guys like me like you that can only sell a hundred yeah and then what they would do is then they would buy his relay and then they would make that can specific to what a, a camaro or a, a new civic or a whatever right so then they would have it leaves a door open for the for an inventor quote unquote to be able to make something proprietary to a product that they already know a whole bunch about where Reed specifically wouldn't know about, but he didn't have to because now he has the technology. Ask what that person wants. Oh, you want a hundred of these? You want it to be can specific to that? I know that he works with a good can professional and then they could even help with that. And you do that times a hundred, times a thousand. Now you're selling tens of thousands of your product. Yeah. And now you got something. Yeah. So the relay itself honestly doesn't pop for me but the fact of what you can really do with it with a can that's badass i like it i like it yeah yeah hell yeah man shout out to reed dude that's really yeah. cool because uh like i was saying we've seen it come from just the idea at the beginning mm -hmm. to to what it is now yeah and it's dope when you when you're up against all those people and then it just keeps getting small the group gets smaller and smaller yeah and you're still in the group like the uh the battle of the builders right you know you got the battle of builders 2015 i'm bad at years but 15 sounds or about 16 right. yeah somewhere that around range. then yeah um, four four yes that sounds right yeah how was that man how was that feeling um i know that was a pretty busy time for you so i'm like you know me i, I i'd like downplay a lot and i don't like I'm not impressed by much. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm an asshole sometimes. Anyway, but um, I, I just took it like, oh, these guys are, this is a sympathy thing because, you know, it's an import and, and like, I, 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 you ask Mike, he'll tell you a whole different probably story about, you know, how his experience is. But yeah. I was just like, okay, I thought the best part of that whole thing was that, like, I was against Foos. Yeah. I was against, like, all these, like, crazy builders. And I'm over here going like, yeah, you guys, this is just a sympathy thing. I don't really, I don't deserve to be mm. here. That, and I should not be that way. And, you know, all these like motivational things that I've, I've really like tried to teach myself with, with running my business and all this. Yeah. I need to embrace that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, I just find myself like kind of like poo-pooing it all kind of. <laughs> um, That's Hawaiian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pule, pule. Anyway, like. I, I guess I just feel like uh, 
uh, yeah, I got lucky, or oh, maybe, you know, they're having sympathy for me, or whatever. Dude. But uh, I know it's not the case. I guess I just feel that way, and I know that's like maybe such like a downer way of doing it, like thinking no, about I it. I mean, but. it does make sense because sometimes, you know, when I would take my car to a show or something, if I would get an award, I would just feel like, oh, I'm getting it because like of the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And like straight up, I, I, I try my very best to not compete in car shows because I don't like to hear about hurt feelings. You know, yeah. the last thing that I want to hear is like, oh, that person's did this because of who he knows or or, or what what they could potentially get out of that, that builder or something like that, right? Um, SEMA is different. It's cool because I'm kind of a nobody. So yeah. if there's recognition, then then it's deserved. It's you know, real. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel you. Um, I mean, even me, listen, when we were talking about like, oh, Mike Kojima picked it, da-da-da-da-da, because I'm like over here downplaying like, I want a thousand fucking dollars to some pistons, <laughs> dude. Like JE pistons for my next build. Like yeah. I'm fucking stoked. But yeah. at the same time, I'm over here like, oh, but Mike Kojima really and really had to sway these guys. And the anyway, it's just how I am. It's it sucks. But um, let's go back to Battle of the Builders. So <laughs> it was a great experience, though. Overall, I mean, just getting pictures and stuff with those guys and like to be on like quote unquote stage with them and the fact that it was televised and I got to go to the TV release party and all those guys were there and we're watching the first show yeah. I was like that shit is dope dude That's really like, and we got food for free I, I just <laughs> if there's food involved and it's free and I'm not paying for it like uh, Frank and I like I'm, I'm, I'm Jew, what am I I'm Jewish <laughs> Ish with I'm, I'm kind of like <laughs> this fool last night said I'm Jew and I'm I'm Jewish, <laughs> but he could say that he could say that he's I could say it like you know oh, how Seinfeld could say I could say it too. Uh, My mom Seinfeld. is Jewish, so I'm Jewish. There you go. According to her, and yeah. TJ is South African. <laughs> he is. Uh, you wouldn't like just like me. You wouldn't be able to tell. You would never tell. So T, have you ever thought about building a car or anything, dude? Um, well, we I started. Remember with the oh uh, the Mustang that yeah, was in ninety seven pieces. Yes, exactly. It looked like what, it had. What year was it? Uh, it's a nineteen sixty seven. Okay, good range. So it looked like it had drugs all inside of it, and yep. then customs tore the whole thing apart. Yeah. And so <laughs> we had this really good idea. Was so I decided like I wanted to build up. I really wanted to build a nineteen sixty seven Pontiac GTO. Okay, That's what I really wanted to build. Yeah, couldn't find one anywhere. And uh, it was like, when I did find something, they were really, really expensive. So he found um, uh, a family friend knew someone that had a uh, old 67 just sitting in the garage. Okay. Um, and it was just chilling there. It was an old lady or her husband owned it. Still had the original 289 engine in it. Um, and it had, I think it was like 72,000 miles on it. And wow. It was, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it ran great, started up right away. Um, had a little bit of uh, rust on the corner. That was about it. But it was in pretty decent shape. Um, my dad had an idea. He was like, all right, we're going to rebuild it. And then he wanted to rebuild it to the original, like, stock fa- uh, out of the That's factory. Sweet. And it had that eggshell, the eggshell white, the off-white color. Off-white, huh? I didn't really like that color, but that's yeah. what he wanted to go with. So we, uh, we got the car in. We stripped it down to the bare bones, to every little screw. We, it took us, like, a couple days to strip the whole thing apart. Then That's it, the easy that part. That was the easy part. <laughs> yeah. The hard part was managing the rest. Yeah. Then after uh, we started, we took it to get bee blasted and everything like that. And then uh, started to get uh, 
all the parts chromed and dipped and everything like that. And it just got so overwhelming that we just left it in pieces. No So the, after the body work was done, after we left it, we just left the shell there. And then we had all the parts still wrapped up in plastic after they dipped them. Yeah. And then where's the car now? It's still in the shop. No shit. All right, like, so I'm gonna go pick it up. It's been like it's been like eight years. Yeah. Are you gonna put it back together one day or what's one the, day? Okay. It's just my, not. It, so here's the thing. Let me just. So tell do you, you have any idea at all, like how to put it back together, though? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, like, there's YouTube, right? <laughs> oh, well, sure. Yeah, there you go. Identifying the parts, though. The I mean, we, we marked every okay, every single good. part down to Gotta what it is that. and a book. Okay. So when we took everything apart, I mean, we made a book lit that we did on. Um, on word and we kind of customized it with all the parts and everything yeah so we know where everything goes good putting it back together that's another story oh my God. um but we did that and uh yeah so it's been a while and uh my dad he's uh he's like an impulse guy so he's just he doesn't have time half the time but he's just like he wants things done but he wants it done like quickly yeah so he'll like and he'll, he'll get uh frustrated and fed up and he'd rather sometimes just like fuck it i'll just buy another car like that's just his theory right um but once he looked it up but uh we looked it up he thought my dad's not really into like old school cars muscle cars he's never been into that my dad's a he's a porsche file he's had like eight porsches in his life um so he thought after you built the car you could get some good money for it um but it turns out like you can get a custom one like all built for like 20 grand he thought it would be more than that yeah i mean unless it's like a fastback or something like rare he, he, he didn't know. So. Yeah, it's got to be like a rare year, rare chassis. Exactly. Like. So he didn't know that. And when he found out, he kind of was just like, uh, didn't really care too much. But he thought, like, if you build it, you can make a decent decent amount of money off of it. Right. That's why I really wanted to get, like, a, a 67 GTO. That would be my dream car. One of them. Yeah. I always loved that car. Is that car, like, it's valuable then? So that would have yeah. been one if you guys did get that built that that would have been profitable yeah that, that would have been because i mean you you see those 67 up to probably a 69 i mean that's when they put the judge engine in um but any of those you probably would see and you do like the uh their orange their judge orange yeah right yeah i think after i got the chevelle back i'm kind of like fuck old cars <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot of work man dude i'm over it bro well i think now that you're spoiled with the bmw now definitely. you just get in and fucking just hit it and that shit takes off definitely man i sound like a snob bro i know <laughs> i do but i think that car how it's gonna end up is um we get a house strip yeah. it all the way down you know from from the frame up and then just go and from go there from him, dude. Yeah. because i don't i don't feel right building it you know it's like you get a honda and you build it 60 percent you're not going to be happy with that especially when you build hondas that are like in the high 90 percentile yeah you can't just get another one and ah, okay you're, yeah. it doesn't feel right so whenever i do any work with that car it just doesn't it doesn't but feel right because right. once i fix that part that other part still looks like shit yeah you know so, yeah you like kind of have to figure out when the point of just the point of no return and go all in with the car strip it all the way down and do a full rebuild yeah. you have to like know when to do that and when the car like should have that you know and i mean maybe it's just me thinking about it but i i don't think that it would be that difficult i think it would be more time consuming yeah. right what do you think dude it's time consuming man. for sure right yeah see and if i do it like over years maybe when christian's in his teens we could like build it do together weekend projects on it but just to not have not to have a build date 
on it not to have a release date or none of that shit not to be rushed you know just, just one weekend okay this weekend i'm gonna sand the firewall <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then you see some of these cars out here bro and you're like damn these are like half a dedication cars yeah definitely but um there's a lot of inspiration here that's for oh, sure yeah definitely dude and it's like i always get those are the cars that just catch my eye are the domestics yeah always man i was telling ashley this the uh yesterday um i seen uh probably like a uh, a charger challenger something uh hellcat one yeah. but it ha- had like a tubbed rear end fucking fat ass probably like 29 inch tall Jesus. slicks on it and i'm just like dude that looks so awesome but I remember the other day, I'm going to lunch, and I just see a, a truck pass by, it's slicked out, supercharger, everything. The car wants to just, yeah. at a stop. Right. So I see it, and I'm like, oh my god, I followed that car. I followed it to the shop that they went to, and got out, and what's up guys, I just wanted to check out the car. But I would never do that for an import. Yeah, you like they would they would have they'd be like strapped and they'd be waiting for you already. Like, they already know that you're following you them. <laughs> Especially in Cali, I guess I don't know, but yeah. But when I see something like that, that Challenger, then I'm saying, dude, that shit just catches my eye. Yeah. And well, you know what? Though, to take that to flip it back to imports, when I was younger and I was living in the Monterey area and I saw a Honda, I would do that yeah. because there's so few and they already know. Like if you know, you know. Like, there was this guy that went to my college and he had a CRX. He had a B- B18C, like, Type R swap. It was, like, the only one I had ever seen at the time, right? And he goes, I'm going to pop the hood for you. You can look at it. If you know, you know. And that's it. And I'm just like, if you know, oh, you know. Right? So the dude, like, pops his hood and I'm like, oh, Type R, cool, you know? And he's like, oh, you know what's up? I'm like, yeah, I got a CRX. And he's like, and this is, like, we're two white dudes, right? Like, it was, like, Monterey Peninsula College or something. I was, I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And it's just so there's you could do that. You can't do that now though. It's like weird. I don't know. You know. If you know, you know, bro. Yeah, and I feel like that's like Ja Rule and Fast and Furious. Yeah, like, right. Pop the hood. Yeah. I don't know why I even asked him to pop the hood. That was really weird, but that's a very. I was so excited, just like you know, you're like jumping out like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hey, man. It's like some old ass dudes, yeah. and they're just like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to see your car. I don't give yeah. a shit about you. Uh, that's the best. That's the best line. If you know, you know. If you, if you, said, if you know, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I haven't seen really anything that's kind of caught my eye okay. here. Okay. Um, I mean, seen so many Supras. Yeah, there's there, a when lot. we first so walked in. Right first walked yeah. in, I think it was probably the first ten minutes. Already seen six of them yep. yeah. off the bat. I think so, that's the car this year. I mean, that they're 100%. sponsoring. Yeah. We've seen that car so many times. It's the Type R, yeah. the FRS. The FRS was FRS a, was The FRS huge. was, yeah. I, I, you know, the FRS might have been as big or bigger than the Supra is for this uh, event. I totally agree. Because it was just a, a lot cheaper. And it was well. more yeah. affordable. And yeah, they were, given, yeah, they were yeah. giving some well, away. And they were doing, they were doing like the tuner, like, like we did one of the challenges with like Super Street and stuff. So like, yeah, they had the challenge. They had... But the other part about the uh, when you get the FRS, I mean, you had different bodies making it. So you had the Subaru version, the BRZ, yep, and all that stuff that you also Toyota made their own version. Like so, they all like had different ones with different badges. It was the same thing. Yeah. But um, that, that car was everywhere. I think that was like 2015. I want to say. Or yeah, something. I want to say. Or, yeah, something like that where it came out and everywhere you looked, every vendor almost had a BR, uh, FRS. Yep. Okay, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back in one minute. 
And that was Star Shopping by the late great Little Peep here live on DTWD Radio. Now let's check in with Frizzle in the eye in the sky. Thanks, Tim. It's a smoky afternoon here in the 805. If you guys are making your commute on the 101, I suggest you don't. It's bumper to bumper, north and south, and all exits are blocked. Now this November 29th is Bolt Friday at downstory.com. Get all your favorite nuts and bolts for a discounted price once you use code BOLTFRIDAY19. Once again, November 29th, use code BOLTFRIDAY19 to save ridiculous amounts of money. Back to you, Tim. Thank you for that update, Big Frizzle. And we want to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Downstar. And make sure you guys are ready for the Bolt Friday sale this November 29th. And now, back to the hit. It's crazy to see how that just one car started its own industry. It looked great. Dude, I never thought it would get that big. But the, the, the FRS is really like another Civic. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, but just for such a small span the, of well, years, the body design was great. It was very sleek and affordable. So like, you had the younger crew like wanted to buy them. I just wish they would have, um, if the manufacturer would have came out with them with like turbos built in. Yeah, um, I think it would have been a bigger sure. industry, especially when you think about um, like when Subaru released theirs. It was like one of the only ones that didn't have a turbo. Right. And you think about, I think they could have added that. Would have been a little nicer. Right. And I mean, they have a very similar engine that's turbocharged yeah exactly. they could have like used i mean but that's the thing coulda woulda shoulda yeah. but you never know yeah but then that that's really what opens the door for the tuner market though exactly if it's like it should have had this or so it should have had it. this engine then you have two different outlets you go uh forced induction with a factory engine or you go swap and you go with a different engine platform totally agree now ready oh yeah oh man dude all right guys <laughs> Yeah, it's nice I to remember. see you. Nice you, brother. This is uh, TJ. TJ, pleasure meeting you. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, let me put my back down. This thing's killing me. <laughs> oh my God, guys. So we have uh, <laughs> an extreme. We have an old man. <laughs> we have an extremely have an special guest on. Um, if anybody knows the voice already, you know who it is. Um, I was introduced to him when we were doing Huffy Talk. Yes. And just me being so new to the community, I really didn't know much about the past and the um, the people who made this industry what right. it is. And I just kept getting the name, getting it. You got to reach out to this guy. So I reached out, and man, he 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 was really he really embraced us. And not a lot of the older guys do that. And I've uh, ever since we've come in contact with each other, I've really respected that about you. Whoa. And, and um, he is. <laughs> we got. And he is for the listeners that Ron, can't do We got Ron Bergenholtz in the building. Hey, huh? it's a pleasure being part of your uh, uh, show, I guess. Yes. Ron, thank you so much. Oh, man. you're welcome. So, um, for anybody listening who isn't that familiar with you, uh, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, it started off in 1988 in Compton. Oh, my God. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, I was like, he had an 80, 87 Integra. Okay. So at the time I was doing uh, freestyle riding, you know, riding ramps, doing, you know, uh, X Games kind of stuff, right? And then he showed up 
to my house with his bike in the back of his slammed 87 Integra. And I'm like, why'd you lower it? Why would you do that? Right? And he goes, just watch. We'll ride, you know, biggest thing with freestyle and doing, you know, riding bikes on ramps and stuff like that is you ride during the day. And then at night he goes, I'm going to take you somewhere. So I went in and slammed the 87 Integra, you know, down the Compton. Go, dude, this Compton, man. What the, what the <laughs> hell, right? And we turned one street, and it was all these, you know, domestics, all these imports, right? All Hondas, Acuras, Toyotas, right? And he was Japanese, Ruji, uh, uh, Ruji Hora. Okay, okay, He's the one that okay. got me addicted to all this crap, right? Wow. And then I was like, holy shit, right? Fuck, this is badass, right? It's a world that you never could have even and known about. It was right? it was Maria Street, right? Okay. In, in Compton, right? There's street races. You got to start somewhere. There's no such thing as, you know, car shows. None of that, right? And so, I'm like, oh, this is fucking dope, dude, right? And you know, saw all the street racing, and it was always even back in the day, 1980s, right? Yeah. Imports versus domestics, right? Right, and you know, back in the day, they didn't have parts for our shit, right? Yeah. But there was leaders like RC Engineering, John Conti at AEM, you know, yeah. helping us guys out, fix up these cars so we can go to street aces and kick kick domestic ass. So from that point on, I was I was fucking hooked, right? Following day, uh, uh, actually, I ended up with a Jetta, right? Yeah. Did a double array camp, sixteen valve, uh, sixteen valve conversion, all that. So it was all about the street races, and it was all about. Um, at the clubs because at the clubs like or you know the Asian clubs I guess you know uh-huh, what I mean right, in downtown right. LA right it's a car show yeah. slammed you know Integra slammed the cords yeah. slammed Supras whatever right and it was a car show in the parking lot right so it was you know we didn't have Facebook and Instagram back in the day <laughs> you know what I mean so your way of social was being at the clubs going to the street races at night hanging out and man there was some eye candy up in those jokes too, right? Yeah. You know, just like... Yeah. Sort of like the first Fast and Furious, gotcha, right? yeah. So, it was a way to be social, pick up chicks, whatever, right? So, he did that for a number of years. And obviously, individuals like Frank Choi were there racing, Battle of the Imports. Battle of the Imports, right. Ken Miyoshi was Ken, there yeah. at, uh, throwing parties, you know, at the clubs. And as years went by, you know, 88 to 91, 92... Obviously, people start getting killed at the street races, fights that break out at the clubs. So, Ken Miyoshi and Frank Choi brought it to the next level, organized races, organized car shows. And that's where it started picking up. Don't get me wrong, the older days, in the early 80s, in in a way, I'm second generation. right? Really? But, but it didn't pick up till second generation. Got you. First generation is like individuals, I don't know if you know them, like Todd Koneko. Uh, Heard the name. Uh, Dino Nano. This was early 80s. But it didn't catch wind. It was just a thing that happened at Compton. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right when Second Wind come in, all of a sudden you got movers and shakers like Frank Choi and Ken Miyoshi doing some gangster shit, right? Yeah. Excuse my French, but... No, you... Yeah. So, so all of a sudden you started organizing, right? And bam, people like... You know, the biggest manufacturer to push it and actually two... Nitto sponsored Frank Choi in the Valley because you, you can't throw races and get them bigger unless you get revenue in for investment. So Nitto came in, sponsored Frank Choi and his events. Nitto came in, sponsored 
uh, import show off, right? So Nitto is a big proprietor in establishing this, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, Mike Ferreira. Mike Ferreira, when we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have the internet, right? And so there, what was it back in the day? Turbo Magazine, Import Tuner, uh, Super Street came a couple years later, but Kip Kitting, rest his soul, right? He died uh, about a year or two ago. Those were the foundation helped propel the industry where it's at. And then, was it in 95, 96, right? All of a sudden, manufacturers were like going, dude, this Honda craze is pretty nuts. We should start building products. We, the funny thing is, the owner of AM, I was just talking to him about this event. This event, he was all going, he goes, dude, we're like, what's this Honda thing? What do we need to build for? So the rest is history, and that's just a small lesson of where all this Honda stuff came about. Wow, Ron, uh, I appreciate that. So man. I would have to safely say that uh, Hondas are mainstream. I mean, there's a country music song about it where I forgot who it was. You're saying, yeah, she had that civ- that that Honda lowered down. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'd have to say uh, fixing up Hondas has become a little mainstream. The only thing. You're kind of changing that with Downstar, where Honda, back in the day, in the early to late 90s, people look, took a lot of pride in their Hondas, right? But they didn't put Chinese Chinese parts on it. They had little pride that the way it looked. With the help of Jonathan Wong, and what you're doing too, Frank, is now people are making sure their Hondas look good. You know, Ghetto's slowly phasing out, I hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to get... that. It, it ruined it. Yeah. You know, you're not going to fix it up. Hondas are known as a piece of shit, right? But with you and Jonathan Wong, when he was at Super Street, they're saying, hey, JDM looks good. Make it look clean as if though that's how it came and the only thing he did was slamming wheels. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, I, I owe that to my OGs and they owe it to theirs. You know, there's certain guys that built cars such as Ryan that when I was on the car. Yeah, Ryan, up, fucking the, Ryan's car is fucking an animal, right? These are the cars mm-hmm. that I seen and those are the ones that I gravitated towards. Yeah. I think when it goes to more of the, the knockoff parts and not having that pride is because those people in their local network, they really don't have anybody to look up to. They don't think that it's uh, it's possible. When they see cars like mine or Ryan's or whoever's, they think that we have million dollar budgets we get everything for free but the more we put it out there that we're just normal people like them but we just take that opportunity when it's given to us to hustle and to make it to the next level hopefully that pushes them here's the thing that you have to understand that's happening right now okay people my age right these these 40 some odd year old guys right we have our roots in there right and we were like i don't know 16 to 25 during that era, right? Yeah. That's when we felt young and hungry and yeah. for God's sake, what that Type R go for? 70 grand or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So what's going to happen now for the future, right? Hopefully we weed out all those cheap guys that don't give a shit about their Honda, right? And what's going to happen is this old guys are going to come in again. Hell yeah. Okay? I mean, look, Kenji down the road, he, he made that EF. Yeah, of yeah. course. All us old guys are going to want to feel young again. Yeah, and like I see that firsthand with my customers, you know? Like I'll get messages from people when I was in San Jose, living in San Jose or whatever, and you know, they're like, hey, I got out of it for for the last 15 years, Mm -hmm. and I want to do a car again. 
and I just grab this, you know, Civic or this whatever, and I really want to make it nice, and I want it to be my forever in the garage, yep. take it out on the weekends, yep. and I'm supporting those guys. I am sending them wiring Well, it's better I'm, for you oh, because yeah. you provide a service that's quite expensive, right? Right, and exactly. So it's you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. And, and so, so these guys are willing to get the best work for their Honda that they love, that they felt young back in the day, and it's going right. to help your business, Frank's business, and I mean, don't get me wrong, right? It's nice that Hondas are still alive, but for a while there, it was considered, you know, Hondas were, if you fixed up a Honda, you were, Hondas were thought of as a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You, you would be, like, I mean? considered down, yeah. like, low No matter how, in, how it looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but with, then you got guys that are doing their Hondas, you know, on the side, and they're, they're, they're driving higher-end vehicles like yeah. i have a friend that has a ferrari 488 and he yeah. has a civic and an integra and like, but he loves his honda because yeah, that's where he, he came from and like you know you get these guys in there yeah they're in, now they're about my age and older and they're established and they want it all they want to feel like a kid again they want to feel like they did yep. when they were in high school so everything comes full circle and that generation is now coming back yep. and yeah man i see that firsthand you, you know it's another funny uh story that happened here at uh here at SEMA, right? So we're chilling in the Honda booth, right? Okay. Just, you know, looking. And all of a sudden, all these people start showing up from back in the day. Jonathan Wong was in the booth. Uh, Matt Pearson, the guy who was editor of Super Street when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, like OG editor. Yeah, yeah. All, and then Stefan Papadakis was right there too. We're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I go, you know what it is? Is No matter what, at the end of the day, whatever manufacturer we're working with, right, our heart our heart started off on it. The only thing that's sad about, I'm not gonna, that what's sad, and I know this information, right? What's yeah. sad about Honda is they need to go back to their roots. A lot of the regime over there don't understand where it all started. Yeah. Correct. You know what correct. I mean? They don't get it. Um, it's the, just they've those those employees have come and gone. They, they don't get so it. So they it keeps getting cycled out. Yeah. And, and there's nobody there from that long ago that's there to educate them. Yeah. In it. so then how would you? The know? passion is gone. Right. It's gone. I don't. I'm not gonna say where I got my source from, but it's like the the enthusiasm for Honda. They don't understand it. A reason why Hondas were so strong during the 90s and the early, uh, during the 2000s. I mean, they're still strong on the East Coast on a drag type of format, right? But to have brand loyalty for even for us guys, I mean... It's hard, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard to see that they don't get it anymore. Right. So what are some things that you see in the community now, in the Honda community, that um, that attracts you and some things that you see that kind of are, are put, put you off? Well... Um, if anything, the, on 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 a on a brighter note, right? Honda in the Honda booth, you know, they brought back the modern image Civic. Yeah, you know that I mean? was really yeah, that's cool. That's good. Uh, that'll help attract us all, all us old fogies yeah. that go, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Feel young again. But you know, us Honda guys, I mean, we're still loyal. You know, we've transitioned in the vans and stuff. But one thing that Honda's got to address is that. Uh, us guys are going to want to go back to the Honda product and we're looking for Honda to get back into creating performance vehicles, SI, uh, the Type R, whatever. The, the two-door concept is pretty, oh, four-door concept they have out there is pretty cool, but they got to make sure to have that 
fire, that performance fire, back into the cars that they sell. You know what I mean? I noticed Toyota's doing it. Yeah. Most of the, even the Camry's aggressive. You know what I mean? A lot of the Honda guys have moved over to the Toyota brand because they've grasped that my demographic, which is 38 to 55, uh-huh. that's still that are at that age where they want the performance value. Right, like look at the Supra. We were yeah, talking about Supra, that earlier. I mean, like it's it's a hit right now. Yeah, Everybody's going hit, crazy yeah. with it. It's everywhere. And the one who did the best one, in my opinion, is Kenji. Uh, that car was great, yeah. great, great. And yeah. then uh, look at the Camry. You see a ca- that Camry, it's aggressive. It's got vents on it, hard edges, that sort of thing. I mean, this is a passenger car. There's nothing conservative about that Camry, but it looks fun. Yeah. You know, that's one thing Honda's forgotten a little bit. You know, again, the Type R, uh, that, that looks like they were trying too hard on that one a little bit. But nevertheless, uh, they're making strides. I don't know how far they're going to go, but uh, I kind of felt heartbroken for, well, it must have been lasted 10 years. Yeah. Where the product was just like, eh, eh, you know. Yeah. But I can see a slight glimmer of hope uh, with their product lines now. Well, it definitely means a lot to have you and some of the OGs still embracing the uh, the Honda culture, man. Yeah, we miss it. Yeah. We miss we miss we miss our vehicles from back in the day. A lot of us, just like Kenji, are uh, finding those finding those cars and reliving their youth again. And then, now let's talk about that. Do you still have? Uh, yours? I still have the Integra. Unfortunately, um, I'm 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 working with two different companies right now, so my time is limited. Obviously, I do. Currently, right now, I, I help out with Nitto. Uh, I'm a consultant for Nitto on motor uh, marketing assets, and then obviously my other my other job that I'm doing is turnkey uh, Napoleon Motorsports. Mm-hmm. We uh, my current project right now is obviously we built the first electric Pro One drift car, and so now I've been dumping heavily in the electric propulsion. I mean, jumped in the deep end. We had no idea what we were doing. We just said, screw it, let's build it. Let's make some phone calls, do some Google searches on who we can call to get this done. And so now, I mean, here's an interesting thing, right? GM, obviously, at the beginning of the year announced, you know, uh, the CEO, all electric. Their mantra is zero emissions, zero congestion, and zero crashes. Ford just announced this SEMA that they're electric, that they're going head on with electrics. Head on. Oh, right? wow. Uh, talked to a famous driver. I can't name his name. I don't know if he wants me to name it. Uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz and Volkswagen are suspending all their, all their, all their, they're not developing any more combustion motors ever again. Wow. Oh my God. They're developing everything on all electric. Yeah, that's the future, no matter how you look at it. And to put future. companies like us, we're just along for the ride. Whenever the manufacturers go, we have to, all these companies got to make products for them. So electrics is, that's, it's the future, no matter how you look at it. Wow. Never know. I've been considering whether or not I'm gonna. I probably won't do it, but I'm not gonna put any electric motor in my Tiger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but been, electrics been, are where it's at. Yeah, I've been really heavy, like looking that direction That's where it's as at. well. For a uh, Jay Leno put system. it. Yeah, Jay Leno put it great. He goes, in about 10 to 15 years, you're gonna go. Oh, wow! I remember internal combustion motors. Yeah. Oh my God, that's gonna change the show. Yeah, uh, it's gonna change the show. So what are you doing with uh, with drifting now? Drifting, uh, obviously, Nitto Tires is heavy into drifting. And so what I help out in is obviously event activation. Obviously, Formula Drift is huge. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's on the cusp of being mainstream. In fact, it is probably mainstream. 
drifting it you see all the automotive manufacturer in their commercials drifting drifting mm -hmm. drifting so yeah formula drift is mainstream so it's very important that we uh, figure out what rate how our race team is doing in particular what I do is I do data analysis on the track and feed this uh, information to all our Nintendo sponsored drivers on what their competition is doing so that way they can gauge whether or not how they're going to do against their next competitor so is it is it mostly tire data that you're looking at or are you uh, looking that, at everything that as well as performance data okay, okay. like i'll know Engine what a competitor is doing on each particular zone yeah just by visual and uh eating what they're doing yeah how they are on angle all kinds of mumbo jumbo so okay, to speak okay now you, now your brother he's been pretty active in the drag race yeah he just got done late. with world cup finals um jason uh fcs uh, he's struggling a bit, but with any type of racing, uh, the racing gods are going to make you pay. Yeah. yeah. He'll make sure to drag you through the mud, make sure you're bleeding. He's got to earn that back. Yeah, he's going to make sure that uh, you're scraped and you have every broken bone. And after <laughs> you're on the verge of not taking it anymore, the racing gods usually reward you. Uh, that's the cool thing about racing is that you have to pay your dues. Nobody can just walk out on the field and then all of a sudden run a number. Uh, I tell that to Jason all the time. They have to be put through their struggles. They got to blow up a lot of shit. Uh, thank God he's got a company to help support that. Right. Support that uh, love for motorsports. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ed's having fun. Uh, it's going to be a struggle with anything. Uh, unfortunately, for me, uh, being you know, I was constantly calling Ed during that whole Ed round per round. I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm. I, I'm trying to figure a way back. No way. Yeah. I'm I'm brainstorming in my mind oh my how to get back to back to drag racing. We'll start off with one race, World Cup. See if we can get back out there, run some numbers, and go for. I mean, just like Honda. Yeah. I have a special thing in my heart for drag racing. I miss it. Uh, a lot of the guys miss it. Um, but in order, instead of just missing it, what what am I gonna do? to get back into it yeah you know what I mean yeah I, I love that Ron because all these people that I've had on the podcast I try to figure out how they got into the community how they got the passion that they have for it and your name pops up all the time even I just had on RJ I had RJ DeVera on and dude, your name popped up everybody always speaks highly of you man well and I'm, I have a love and, I have a love for motorsports I have a love, I ain't gonna lie, I have a love for Hondas, that's where I came from. Yeah. And, you know, whenever time permits, you know, I'll get that Integra on the show circuit, but I'll give it to you, you can figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Just, you know, make good use of it, tell me where I need to go, it's just that I'm so busy yeah. doing marketing. Right. Um, but I do want to get that car done, I do want to get back into drag racing. Um, it's just a matter of when it's gonna happen and when I can organized time to make it happen you no, know what I mean? definitely man and i i want i want to do my part to um to let, the, to let the younger generation know about the people who laid the foundation for the community you know there's so many brands like myself we started downstar in 2009 i don't know what happened before and the only way i would know is making these interactions asking these questions and talking to well, people that's the gist. That's yeah. how it all happened. And if I, if I can have you on the platform where people can hear about your story, man, that, I would I would love to do that because Honda's it, it it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was 
that was the that was our social platform you know what I mean to meet people hang out talk about something you love the only thing I'm worried about is now the industry seems to be there's other things for the youth to do yeah there's other ways to interact you know what I mean um, thank God we have those car unfortunately we have those ridiculous car meets the other ones but <laughs> yeah uh, people meeting and talking about their Hondas or talking about their performance cars that's that's a good thing there's still a lot of good shows yeah, and you know you have your car out. meets Honda meets I've, I follow it on Facebook or Instagram and yeah. I wish I can go to all those Honda meets out there that you guys have the Eibach meet I've never gone love to go yeah but I'm always I mean for me personally I'm doing 30 30 weekends a year busy yeah man. Yeah, I'm is. diversified. I look at domestic racing. I look at uh, uh, tractor pulls, everything. Really? Uh, everything. You name it. Ron, thank you so much for no stopping problem. in, man. You know, um, whenever you get a chance, like I said, whenever you come to California, just let me know. We got to have this serious sit down, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I definitely want to pick your brain. Yeah, no and, problem. And I wanted to thank you once again for embracing us and... Um, just believing in what we do and being a part of it, man. Ah. I really, really appreciate it. We're enthusiasts. You like Hondas, I like Hondas. That's how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm a lot older. You're a lot younger, but uh, you're doing good work. Thank you, Ron. Thank you're you. creating marketing content. You're creating media content. Uh, people like to hear a good story. Thank you, know you I mean? man. Well, I, I definitely want to hear your whole story in uh, entirety. There's, there's a lot. There's I know lot. when we did the Huffy talk, it was probably about two or three hours. Yeah, it was like two and a half. And that I was you mind. by yourself. Yeah. So I think we got a good five-hour podcast coming yeah, up. That's man. good. Hey, whatever. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, awesome, Ron. Thanks, Ron. Hey, Ron, oh, thank welcome. you so much, man. Uh, good work to you guys. Thank you. Good we'll, job. We'll definitely catch up during this week for All right. sure. Cool. Enjoy All right, seeing you. Hey. Yeah, nice meeting you. Good to Is see that you. Is that good? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was awesome. Hey, that was a treat, huh? <laughs> that was dropped a whole lot of knowledge. I will, bro. Same, dude. Like, like I've said, man. That I've talked to a lot of older guys, yeah. in the community, and sometimes you get that, like, that arrogance. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been around longer than you yeah, have. Yeah, like you guys owe me something, and he's not like exactly, that at all. Exactly. But to have Ron, dude, from the first time where we set up the uh, the Huffy Talk, do we? We FaceTimed and I showed him how to log in and how yeah. to do it. And ever it's, like, it's like trying to teach you like dad how to do it, right? <laughs> exactly. All dude. right, dad, you go to the corner up here. <laughs> Click this. And ever since then, dude, he's he's always showed me love, man. That's so dope. I have a I have a real love and respect for Ron, man. And um, we're trying to work it out. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we could get that podcast done. Yeah, that'd be good. But. Um, but uh, I think we have uh, our, our next guest. Our next guest. He's just hey. uh, closing up his... Uh, Convo. His shaking hands. I think that he's probably... He's probably shaking more hands this weekend than he has all year. Um, this guy has been on the podcast before, and uh, he's actually the reason that I'm into Hondas, oh, man. Yeah. So we got uh, Raul Ramirez from Checkered Sports in the building. Raul, what's up, bro? What's going on, guys? Oh, not much, man. So how you feel, dude? Good, good. You just won the Super Bowl, dude. Yeah, sort of. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. I haven't seen the car yet. Where's it located at? It's right at the very front when you come in, um, right by the, when you come in right down by the monorail, next Uh to the SEMA sign right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, you know where the SEMA sign is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I got to check it out. So what's been the reception that you've gotten from it? I've had nothing but great feedback. Um, just a little bit of negativity on the wing. Really? But mm. who cares? I yeah. love it, you know? Yeah. It's all great. So tell it. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, do people, like, ask you, hey, are you actually going to race this thing? That's always the first question. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's either that or are you really going to put this on the street? It's too nice. Yeah. Like, why would I build it? So leave it in my garage? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The car came out really nice, man. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about it for the people that aren't familiar with it. Um, see, I started it probably about a year-ish ago. And then, you know, I did all the fabrication work, cage, all the gussets, custom metal, custom everything on the engine bay. Um, and then I dropped it off for paint, you know, went on vacation, came back, and then I kind of almost forgot it was that paint. And then I'm like, oh shit, like SEMA's not very far, Yeah. you know? And then it was just like, and then I had to move in the middle of it, uh-huh. my house. And so yeah, then it was like crunch time. And then the car is a genuine EG6 um, from Japan imported. And yeah. what was the original color of that one? So that's actually an EG4. Okay. Um, right. Originally a single cam automatic, and it was red. Okay. But my biggest thing was the body was straight. Um, I didn't care if it's automatic, whatever, all that stuff. Right, that doesn't matter because yeah. you're going to be building the whole um, car. Originally, it, it only had 53,000 kilometers. So that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Clean chassis. Everything else is coming out. Um, you know, so I actually just started when I got it, started stripping it. You know how it goes. Yep. And then everything snowballs from there. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And it's like, oh, we're going to SEMA. Okay, we need paint. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, spend a little bit more time on the yeah. paint because otherwise it might not have quite mattered because you're just going to kind of beat it up anyway. Exactly. So w- what point did you know that the car was going to come to SEMA? Probably about halfway through it, uh, Freeman from Hardace, uh, we've been talking about bringing a car for a couple years, and then I said, hey, I think this car is going to be pretty crazy and get, you know, pretty good amount of attention, and he, he kind of thought about it, I think, and then he calls me up one day, he's like, hey, will you have the car done on time? <laughs> I was like, for SEMA? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'll make it happen, dude. What month was this? I don't remember. Uh, probably about six months ago, six maybe. Six months ago, gotcha. or so. yeah. Because uh, if people are following your social, man, you've been grinding on it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the last two months, two to three months, were probably the hardest. A lot of you know all-nighters, um, and you know how it is. It's not just building the car. You still have to process all your orders, everything else, life. Um, so you know, by the time you're building for the night, it's like okay, well, now I still have all the orders for the day. Yeah. So it's not just building the car, it's everything else too. And that's the orders for Checkered Sports, man. Yeah. So how's that going? It's great. Awesome, bro. Constant, so I can't complain. I'm always busy. I'm always behind on product, which is a good problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, man. So what are your uh, your future um, plans with the car? Uh, for the car, when I get back home, you know, obviously it's probably going to start snowing. Um, there's a couple things I want to change to it. So during the downtime on snow. A um, couple tweaks, add a little more arrow to the ground uh, as far as the splitter, diffuser, and then once it, the weather clears up, you know, hit, hit Thunder Hill, probably the first one, and Sonoma. I don't think I'm going to make uh, Laguna Seca with this exhaust. It'll probably just get kicked yeah, out. Yeah, the noise. Money. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's a 92 decibel oh, okay. limit. Yeah. So yeah, when there's... you're going up that, you have to lift. And even with, like, on my Blue EG, I would add an extra pipe and face it away from the, the meter shack. Yeah. I remember, like, the first day I ever met Loy sport from Sport Car, it was at Laguna Seca. And we, like, jumped in the car together, and he went to, we went to, like, AutoZone or something, so we could try to, like, tape something to the end of the exhaust to, like, redirect it so it wasn't pointed towards yep. the, the, the decibel meter. And, like, <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, Laguna Seca's crazy. And, like, I, I'm from that area, right? So I re just remember that living there, I forget what it's called, like, Pasadera or something. It's, like, golf course, right? All these really expensive homes went in, all this golf stuff. It's, like... What do the, what do these people expect? Laguna Seca is right there. Like my dad lives right over the hill, and like he lives in uh, Seaside, like on the top of the hill. So it's like right there by the by. The, you hear you hear the raceway, right? Well, those people aren't complaining. It's the it's the golfers. It's the people that are buying these multi million dollar homes on the golf course. And then it's like, what do you expect, man? Yeah. So we we have to blame that that the the, the white golfer snobs get to. Uh, <laughs> The there. worst part about it, too, is that... <laughs> Get their way, you know what that, I mean? That yeah. meter, the shack, it's on an uphill. So when you oh, lift, yeah, of it's course. like, oh, man, like, there goes all my speed. Yep. It's so, speed, and then also you're going uphill, so yep. you're going to be the loudest at that point anyway, exactly. right? So the car is in the uh, Battle of the Builders. Yeah, so they announced the top 40, I think it was yesterday. Um, we didn't make that, um, but I was actually really stoked just to be in it. Definitely, you know, like, man. To me, that was big itself. Um, I wasn't. Ex I didn't come with expectations. Um, I just thought it was cool that it's here, and you know I was even considered for that. I was already stoked on that. So. Did Did they happen to do any like promo with you? Um, all like SEMA themselves. Sometimes they'll pick like certain cars, not necessarily like ones that they project as winners, but just certain individuals, and they'll do like a little bit of promo, like press stuff on it. Did Did you happen to? Did they reach out to you for that? Um, no, I didn't get any of that. Okay, just wondering. Okay, that's cool though. Um, I heard it was a bunch of like P cars in the in the like Porsches. Yeah, there in was, the yeah like sport compact I category. I think there was five or six in that category. That's and wild. Once they started calling out Porsche, Porsche, Porsche <laughs> you're like, <laughs> bam, bam. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Civic is probably not an interest here. <laughs> right, right. But to our demographic, it is, man. I'm seeing oh, that yeah. car everywhere. Yeah, bro. everybody's telling me they're seeing it, they love it. And then Raul and I were talking, like, I think people are getting confused a little bit with, because, you know, the red I, Civic. I, I brought out Brandon's red Civic, and he has a red Civic, and then we have cross-compatible parts. Like, he uh, he has our stuff, we have his stuff. Yeah. And then we're, like, posting floorboard shots and stuff because we couldn't really release the whole car. <laughs> and I was like, no, you guys are so confused. There's too many things going on with yeah. two different cars. Yeah. It's super cool to see these Civics out here, though, man. Both of your guys is... Um, I haven't even seen it yet, but the Higgins built. Higgins cars, like, a couple down from Raul's car. Build. Is I it? Love it? And it's awesome that they put us right next to each other. Yep. He's, like, two cars down. Yeah. We were trying to get next to each other um, just to have some awesome photo shoots. Hell, yeah. Uh, but you know how strict they are. It's like, they're going to put you where they're going to put you. Yeah. You're not about to ask. So, speaking of photo shoots, have you got hit up for any magazines yet um, that you can talk about? Yeah, there's actually a few interviews I did, and one of the... The articles, I believe, is being released today. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram once it's released. Uh, and then Big Mike's, uh, he covered it. Got gotcha, you. That's gotcha. gonna be on his IGTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, gotcha. a couple different ones. It's pretty gotcha, awesome. It's getting man. a lot of attention. I was actually really surprised. Like I said, I don't really come with expectations, but it's there's been a lot of coverage on it. I mean, I keep getting constantly tagged everywhere. Right. It's it's cool. And Do you feel I that it's? By it, you know, I get pulled out by somebody. I don't even know how people recognize me. I, I was kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that it's it's uh, benefiting your brand, or is it just like building a a good foundation for the for the car? Like, how do you feel about it? Is it like, yeah, like I'm gonna sell more checkered sports stuff, or is it just like exposure for the vehicle and then the potential there of selling more products for your brand? I feel like it's a little bit of both because most of the people that have seen it in person um, always, um, I've, what, what I've heard the most is like, you know, the pictures on Instagram have no justice. Yeah, right. And like the more I look at it, the more detail I see. And I just keep, they keep looking at more, and they say, "Oh, like, yep. holy crap!" There's so this. then they're going to see your parts because I you, you have right. a lot of branded parts that are on that car. You can see your logo on specific pieces. The other thing I feel like too is when, from what I've seen, I think once you have like a car, you know, somewhere like SEMA, people look at you different and yeah. take you more seriously. Yeah. Um, so I think that will help the the business part of it. Um, like, hey, I'm not messing around. You know, like I can do it. Uh, do you feel like you've had a problem with that people not taking you seriously at the start i mean i think yeah really yeah i think a lot of companies probably have that problem especially when i started honestly you know i was this was like well officially started it was like 10 years ago um and i i think i look pretty young and, yeah you know when you, you start talking to like older people that own like machine shops and stuff yeah like they did not take me seriously at all yeah right. and you know i had to get to the point where i'm like hey look I come in here with cash. Like, do you want my money or not? Yeah, hell yeah. We've been best friends since. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go to dinner with them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from on the flip side of it, I'm sure we've gotten that as well. You know, people coming up to us and us prejudging them yeah. without, you know, seeing their qualifications or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I feel in the Honda community, you've been putting in your work for the last, you know, 15 years, dude. And it's awesome to see the car out here and all yeah, the hard work uh, that you put into it. But, you know, not everybody's been following since then. So for, like, most of the new followers, they don't actually see, like, where you're at until they start seeing you put out, you know, product, like, say, for example, Isima. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, so this guy means business. Got you. Yeah. Got you. you got the Sema stamp, bro. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. And it's dope that you did all the work, uh, mostly all the work by yourself, right? Yeah, so pretty much everything but the paint. Um, I did by myself in the shop. A um, couple little things I had help from a few friends, you know, like wrapping the dash, I don't do upholstery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of it was done by myself in the shop. Good, man. You've always been a hands-on dude, and I've always appreciated that about you, man. Appreciate it. And then when I seen you started to do your own, uh, like the race stuff with the, the floorboards and things like that, and for you to implement that into the build, I think that this your car is going to be a very good representation of checkered sports yeah and um this this wave that you got going on right now you got to take that for full advantage yeah. you know, for sure man but raul uh, i congratulate you bro yeah. thank I, you guys i i, I want to see the car i'm excited to see i've only seen it in pictures and in pictures it looks awesome so uh, after this i'm gonna definitely go check it out dude but, yeah. um dude I, I wish you the best bro and um 
when you when you taking off from the event? Oh, Friday. I'm here. I've been here since Saturday. I'll leave Friday. Yeah. You got a lot of orders backed up. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know how it is, man. It's like yeah. I'm already looking at my phone. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna <laughs> suck coming back, but it is what it is. You know, it's part of it. So. Yeah. Hell yeah, Raul. Thank you so much, bro. I really thanks appreciate for it. Me. Of thanks, course. Dude. Congratulations thank again, man. Thank you. Awesome. So, um, big, big shout out to Raul, man. Fucking hard worker, dude. Grinding it. Um, I think we uh, we got somebody else that's gonna jump on, jump on the mic, hanging out with uh, Raul. Marcus from Heeltail. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, guys? Dude, going? <laughs> we've been wanting to get you on the pod so much, dude, so I want to get a little sample, man, but we still got to do a that. Little taste test tester. <laughs> a little taste, little tester, taste tester. So for everybody listening right now that's not familiar, can you give us a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do? Uh, Heeltail Automotive started back in 2002, back in Honda Tech days, Civic Integral Parts. actually started uh, with JDM import stuff. There wasn't a lot of people importing stuff back then. There was a handful of places to get it, but I was one of the few people actually sourcing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, shipments are few and far between, and we expanded off into general aftermarket, producing some of our own product too. Took over some cool brands o- along the way. So, yeah. here we are. It's been in February, it'll be 17 years. 17 wow. years. Crazy. Oh. Yeah. 18 years. So, 17 or 18. So Too old. So what what keeps you going? How how do you keep maintaining a business for eighteen years in this community? That's a that's an extremely good question. I think I have to look back and think about all those different incidences where you weren't really sure if you wanted to still deal with it because it is challenging. You know, the profits aren't very great and the customers can be really demanding. So I think just making those little wins here and there, you know, good sales always come about the the rougher times the down markets and all that they're temporary and after a while I think you just start to understand that those flows are there utilize the down parts for development and you're based out of Oregon right so you got relatively low overhead out there like it's kind of manageable at that point yeah I I don't we we moved up there seven years ago from Orange County right and um, I would never look back the cost of living is obviously lower (laughs) but I could never have a shop you know, yeah, doing what I do rough. down in yeah, Orange County is freaking crazy. Like five G's a month or four G's a month for you know down in or- Irvine where I was. Right. Forget it. Yeah. No, and I got a family. I'm not going to drive an hour to go to my own business. That was crazy. So when I moved up there, I got a big enough property to work off my own property. But uh, even now, I've, I've pushed into my own shop. But I was able to buy it That's instead awesome. of renting. Oh, so, like, sick. Yeah, we're doing That's really. Great. Yeah, it's two years in escrow. I think it's finally going to close this year. Congrats. Two years in escrow. Wow. Why, why so long? In was fi- it like a foreclosure situation? No. What was the a Department of Environmental Quality oh, had gotcha, to approve gotcha. uh, wow. some old contamination. Like soil Soil sampling. Yeah. yeah, it's a long story that is, you know, yeah. right. not That's appropriate a, right yeah. now. But to be honest, it, it was worth persevering because it's a good little piece of property and the owner was really happy to have me as a buyer nice and i've been in there now for a year and a half already so that's a long long-term goal for me to be able to purchase a property like that like even if it's just a a stall on an industrial building but just have it my own that's like a personal goal um that i set for myself yeah you know when i looked at my business 
you know, we've got a lot of customers, we've got a great website, we've got a good product line, but when you look at tangible assets and sometimes you think about, oh, what's my potential exit strategy, blah, 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 you think, well, you know, we're, what is my asset base? Well, you, you have your building and... Now I have a building that I can look back and say like, well, I have this asset or I could retire, rent it or whatever. Yeah. So it yeah. just... Yeah, I mean, it, then you just, that could, I mean, I'm just saying like worst, worst case backup strategy is like, okay, now I'm just going to rent the building to another enthusiast yeah. that needs it in their different place of, yeah. of their business or their life uh, and yeah, works I, for them. I know it's difficult down where you are, but I, I would definitely... I was just talking with Shang from GHP over there. Oh yeah, he's my inspiration for yeah. owning his own shop and building. Uh, he bought that building <laughs> forever ago. I know it. And uh, it was inspirational then, yeah. Yeah, but I mean. The first time I bought from him, he sold me a hood out of his garage. Yep, I know. I, I hear I hear his success stories with, you know, he owns his own building. Now, he, you know, he has houses in Hawaii. So I think he's Wait, doing, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's wait, doing hold on. Well. I didn't hear that. <laughs> he's doing good, you know. So. You started the company in '02, or that's when you started getting into that's when the I community. Well, I had been in the community before that. I had been in uh, the hybrid hybrid group back in the late 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 '90s. Hybrid.jp. Hybrid.jp. Before that, before it was that. even a different domain. Got it. Um, which I don't remember because it was weird. But uh, but yeah, I was in there with you know your cat man. I think you guys were in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in there a little bit. And Shang was in there, and um, oh, all kinds. Of, uh, Brian Gillespie was yeah, back in yeah. there. Uh, it was a nice community to be a part of, to come out, uh, to come out of knowing a lot of nice like contacts and things. Um, but when I started the business, there wasn't really any sales there. That we were all friends, so that's why I started selling on Honda Tech. Um, but even that that got a little bit tiring after a while. You guys probably remember how rough that was. Oh yeah, classifieds. Yeah. Totally, yeah. dude, crazy. So in 06, I kind of got away from it and went to Acura, TSX, TL Accord. And yeah, you always hit that specific market that was just that much different than everybody else. And we had a huge chunk of it too. Yeah. There was like two or three main players, and I. There was a period of time when if you said TSX, everybody knew that it was Hilltop. Yeah. I mean, I was running your. You got to. You had a collab with Tane um, to to re-release the the third gen Civic and first gen CRX. That stuff. was our so, private label. Private label. So explain that. How did that happen exactly? So that's actually one of the really early things that we did because you know me personally, first gen CRX guy. Right. I've always had them. It's been a near and dear car to me. So there's certain products for that car that just were unavailable. Um, started with a. a carbon fiber hood nobody made one nobody was interested so then we made one I remember that and you had like the the, the hood that, that to eliminate the front fascia on the first gen CRX that's right and that was my first car so I you know all the CRX yeah. the so header panel we call yeah, it that had the, the crack panel the, the one that just panel, everything yeah, is, yeah it so was we made, made of the wrong material <laughs> we called it a one piece hood yep. that incorporated the full bonnet plus that header panel mm. um, and uh, that was like before I started my business, I made that hood. Um, so that you guys, you guys rebang fenders too, right? Something that wouldn't crack since as then, well. Since then, we've yeah. expanded to all the panels on that car that are failure prone, which is, yeah, both fenders, header panels, yep, themselves, the door caps, side skirts. We do a rear, two different rear spoilers, and the sunroof panel because those things rust out. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff, and I'd like to do a second gen CRX sunroof panel too. 
oh yeah, I, I, I fought that with all my second gen CRXs. Yeah. It was always like trying to find the cleanest one, stripping <laughs> it down, trying to like free it from rust, put it all back together, hope it didn't rust. And then, you get a, and then a bubble comes up and you're like, oh my God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And I always wanted like a carbon replacement one. So. Yeah, the ones we make are nice. They're just drop-in OE replacements. Nice. And they work just like factory and, and everything. We've actually just got done doing a full, what we called it a mold audit because we've been making all these parts for four or five years now. Right. And so we just got a dummy car and refitted everything. Found that our molds were good and we you know, found some ways to improve our production process to make That's quality awesome. better. But yeah, we, we really tried to take care of those. And then the suspension kit was a byproduct of working on the car just because the only way to get a nice suspension on that car was short and coney double adjustable yellows. Yeah, that's right. That were discontinued back in 2000, before 2000. Like, you couldn't get these things going way back. Right. Yeah. So there was like nothing. So we made uh, that collaboration with Tane. We were already a, a pretty strong Tane dealer going way back then. So they actually have a program for that. Like anybody can make a private label suspension with Tane. Oh, you wow. just have to mid a, uh, hit a certain minimum or something it's like that? a reasonable minimum. Okay. All nice. the development cost is lumped into the first run. Wow. And, and you can sell at that first run. And um, they call it their specialized damper program. Okay. And they've done it for a few people. Cool. Yeah, so. Very cool. Yeah. So we utilize that, and that suspension kit's been great. I've probably, I'm getting 10 more nice. this month, which is, I don't know, that's probably a dozen shipments or more since 2003 yeah. when we did oh, it. I was one of those guys. I have one in yeah, set you of those can. on my Civic. Yeah. yeah. So how do, you, uh, how do you go about growing the business now and, and marketing it? Yeah, the, the marketing has been a challenge of mine. I think I'm a good marketer at heart, but just out in the world it's not it's not jiving i think the best marketing that we do at heeltoe is just to be consistent and reliable and maintain our our customer service reputation definitely um people always know that they can rely on us they can get us quickly with you know thorough intelligent responses like it takes more time but we end up getting a lot of referrals because of it and um uh, developing our web store we put a lot of time energy and money into making our new website you know every two three years we, we make a new one I'm about to release another one um, hopefully before Black Friday oh shoot yeah so it's got some really cool features and tools on it so that that in competing in the social space it find that we can't really compete the same way that other people do you know we uh, Frank we Dude, right. <laughs> yeah, How many Instagram accounts do you need? We we just talked about earlier. I have a Fit T down T Instagram coming soon, guys. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's it's definitely hard, and that's why I always like to ask people that question, so I can see what they're doing, and maybe they're doing something easier than I am. I don't yeah. know. We have to focus within. I think. Yeah. Actually, you know, Ryan, you're one of the guys that we like. You have a really strong following too, um, but I think what. When I look at your company, I think it's the products like really speak for themselves. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. I, I try, and I've always been that way. We talked about it a little bit earlier because I always kind of like I don't feel comfortable saying it's the greatest. This is the best, you know. Like I, I just I let it speak for itself, and it works. 
people that know take you up on capacity. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Raul and right. Higgins yeah. deal, and like yeah, these guys know it. Right. And the top level builds end up with your stuff because. And then that's a trickle down effect on it yes. too, right? Yeah. So I mean, like the top TSX for your exa- you know, example, or the old school first gen, third gen Civics, CRXs, um, they'll see those products and then they'll reach out to you because they saw those top cars with them, et cetera, et cetera. So it's organic growth, I guess. It's organic. I really cannot beat the word of mouth organic. And the only way you're going to get that is to be true to principle, I think, and just kind of do what you do best. And I've periodically lost sight of that. Yeah. But, you know, coming back to it more recently has been you know, better personally, you know, less stress. Yeah. Right. Kind of do what you believe is right yep. rather than what you think people want to see out of you. Yeah. Well, 18 years in, man, you've got to be doing something right. Yeah, you know? it always changes. <laughs> it's always changing. I, I uh, had an analogy with, um, I was talking with Fast Breaks, or yeah, Brian Hasty, Fast Breaks. It's like you're climbing a ladder. When you're building a business, you're climbing a ladder, and then some of the rungs are really far apart, <laughs> and some of them That's are really a good close. Analogy. And you're and you're going along, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. But you look down below, and the rungs are disappearing below you. Yeah. And you can't stop. And the only way that, is up. You, for fear that those rungs will keep coming if you don't keep climbing, you you really have no direction to go but up. Yeah. So you find a way to do it. Dude, I love that, man. Marcus, thank you so much for oh, stopping absolutely. by. Yeah. Dude, whenever uh, schedules permit, man, we got to have a serious sit down, man. Yeah, I, I, I would I love that. Really look forward to so, it. So before we get out of here, can you tell everybody where they can uh, find you at? Oh, yeah. HealToeAuto.com. H-E-E-L-T-O-E. Not H-E-A-L. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but he'll, if you just punch Heeltoe into Google, I'm the number one thing that comes up. Oh, right. oh man. And, uh, so I just say Google Heeltoe. In, Instagram, it. same? Heel Toe Automotive. Got you. And then Facebook, same. But I don't actually haven't been on Facebook in probably two months. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook's kind of whack. Yeah. It's getting there, yeah. <laughs> Marcus, yeah. thank you so much, man. Sure I thing, appreciate Frank. it, brother. Thanks for doing this, too, All by right, the you. way. Thank you, bro. Yes. Thank you. Man, we're having yeah. a lot of good combos yeah. around here, bro. TJ, what do you think, dude? It's tight. Yeah? Yeah. Um, it's cool how you, um, you moved and... Uh, over to Oregon and started his own started the business over there and then yeah. end up buying your own property yeah. like you gotta think that's huge for most people that just rent every day and that's a big investment but that's an investment in yourself which is uh, a lot of confidence I really like that a lot yeah same dude like I said that's a huge thing for me I just really see myself one day owning my shop yeah uh, hell yeah or a shop and then it's a great fallback strategy to have that's for damn sure yeah, dude, definitely, man. I, I mean, that's that would be everybody's dream, you know, to, to have to own your own shop. And just like you were saying, that was such a good example of, you know, maybe things do change. Maybe you don't want to dabble with Hondas yeah. or anything anymore. Somebody yeah. else might want Yeah, if you have the building, dude, to them. make whatever, three grand a month. Yeah. Dude, I don't know where everybody's living or what they think, but I think I can live on three grand a month. Oh, if, I, I already know I can. Yeah, if my, if I... If I made my lifestyle match that, definitely. Dude. Yeah, right. You know, it just depends on how you want to live. How you want to live, because yeah. I think right now I spend money really stupidly, <laughs> <laughs> and if I needed yeah. to, I could just survive on ramen again. <laughs> yep. No Yeezys for you. 
I know. I'm off the Yeezys, bro. You're, you're done? Fuck for Kanye, dude. Oh, damn. What? Yeah. Dang. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that come out of Frank's mouth before. This is like a first I'm upset. I need how, how many music. pairs do you have, though? <laughs> like six. But so, I, I can separate, okay? okay I, I can know. separate I the music addictive. from the designer. I can separate it. I really I, don't have that <laughs> that good of a reason why I keep buying them. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. it's pretty much just like anybody addiction. else. Just like why you have 72 watches. Yeah, it's an addiction. The same thing, right? I don't addiction. think you spend... Dude, any, I don't... I, I mean, you're, Jew, old, you're Jew, I'm Jewish. Jewish. Yeah. Jewish. So, <laughs> I have a watch. I won it at a car show. Hey! <laughs> For real. And I, and I almost... I like... Look, this one kid, this like little kid at, this, at, at a... At a um, I was in line buying food or something and this little kid's like hey that's a nice watch when I was, and he was like it was like i was like dude i almost took it off and just handed it to him really because it's like dude i don't care about that you i got, got the I got, time on your phone i got the time on my phone i got i got i got the newest phone there you go i leased this bro it's, oh is this the, the one with 11 the pro it has three all cameras? the three cameras. Oh, <laughs> fucking balling damn dude. ryan's got well, a two thousand dollar joint shit. i like it dude that, that's a replacement for my Brightling, you know what I mean? Hey, hey, hey I, I got man. this one. No, I don't have a Brightling. Yeah, right? no, must, must be nice, Ryan. <laughs> must be nice. Frank, dude, I, I tried to hook up Frank with a deal that I know a friend was selling us for cheap. And he's like, I'm not willing to give up the home button yet. No, I know, no, dude. dude. You know how, you know how fast that you forget about it? It's like, you, you don't even realize it's there. I'm like, oh, it has a home button now? I love it. I Ash, love the Ash home button. Ash keeps giving him shit about it, too. Uh, I think you just don't want to get rid of your little charger, like, case thing. I know, dude. I did that before, bro. I had the other, like, the 7 or the 6, and I had the Mophie. And then oh, I upgraded. Yeah. I'm like, dude, now the Mophie's just chilling there. Just dying, you know? Yeah. Not even fulfilling its own life, dude. Yep. It's, it's shorter lived than the phone. Yeah, so I'm going to keep rocking this one for a little while. <laughs> Which I'm surprised. I know, man. I, I like it, though, dude, because the, the biggest reason why I use the phone is because of the camera. Right. You Naturally. know, I want to take good pictures uh, for the business for or the whatever. Gram. For then, the gram. Then why not get the better phone with the better camera? You already know the reason why, dude. Because of the home button. Yeah, it just feels good. <laughs> My phone is gram inspired. It's got three cameras on it. Hey, you're doing I don't know how to though, use dude. it, yeah. though. Hey, I, no, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're turning into social media Ryan, bro. I love hey. it. Yeah. I was telling you on the uh, the last YouTube video, guys. If you're listening, Ryan's doing a, a YouTube build videos, uh, vlogs, and um, you're doing good, man. Thank you. You're really getting comfortable in it, um, and I like the content that you're you're putting out there. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make it like I'm like following certain people that are giving content that is like necessary stuff. Yeah informational how to do things i think that that's like the most beneficial because back before there was like a youtube for example i used to have a website you probably don't i used to go by a handle called dropped crx si this was like way back like before i even really started ridewire this was like 2002 probably something like that Uh, yeah 99 i don't whatever like super super early on right when the internet was kind of like people were going there to learn how to do stuff and my website was like how to pull an engine out of a crx and how to put in a b16 or a b18c or whatever and it was like informational content and that's why i kind of started doing like the engine wiring looms so now you look at it and you go well youtube is a great outlet for that but i mean a lot of these people know exactly what they're doing and they're amazing at it right but then there's a lot of people that are like well known for 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 like fitting body kits or something and 
a lot of them have learned to be very good at what they do and now they're now they're you know what I mean but I'm I'm working at it backwards because I've been there done that for so long I'm learning how to post on YouTube you know what I mean yeah but yeah I do realize that you got to start somewhere you know what's crazy it's slow moving but is uh like you were saying we we see a lot of people learning in front of us you know we'll watch right, a YouTube right, right. YouTuber YouTube and they're channel. learning you can tell they're opening a box for something with a, for the first time fitting a fuel pump into a car or something for the first time um, you know I, I, I've like I've like done like recap videos like I'm about to do I had to do a fuel pump in that FRS remember the one that yeah that, yeah that yeah. You took off my hands. yeah yeah so like the pump was bad like somebody like effed with it right so I looked on YouTube just for a quick like all right let me just see real quick how they do it and this guy's like yeah so I'm doing this for the first time da, 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 this is how you do it and I'm like oh it's that kind of cartridge style fuel pump okay cool like I'm done with the video I already know what to yeah, do now yeah 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 <laughs> so it's like um, I understand these things and I'm like working backwards and I, I'm sometimes I find myself missing stuff where it's like damn that that was so obvious to me but maybe a little bit like not obvious to the viewer right yeah yeah I see a lot of these guys these uh, these dudes on YouTube and you could tell that their knowledge isn't quite there mm. but they're putting in that work you know right. they're putting in that content work which to us back in the day it didn't even matter you right. know the work was you got to figure out how to do this but to these guys they're figuring out in front of the entire world yeah. and it takes a different kind of person to respect that because you know you see somebody with such a big following and you say this guy doesn't deserve this following because he doesn't even know how to do X right but if somebody was following us around when we were first starting out it would have been people, no different exactly and that brings me to um, to TJ hunt yeah. he just released his own body kit wide body kit right for the I Supra. saw that I so, saw that TJ it's not even uh, another brand yeah. he did it himself like he teamed up with another company um uh, 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 yeah uh, street fighter la yeah street fighter la and uh this youtuber his name's tj hunt they teamed up together and they actually designed their own first kit and um the kit wasn't ready in time so they got it 3d printed oh, and shit. um they got it finished and it looks really good, nice. you know? Is it here at SEMA? Yeah, it's here at SEMA. It's, I think, in the Magnuson booth, if I'm not mistaken. Magnuson but, uh, booth? Okay. Yeah. Nice. But I was talking to him yesterday, and he was known at the beginning for, you know, buying replica parts and not really caring, and pretty much just how the general enthusiast is. Right. I hear it all the time, you know, who cares about fake wheels? Like, what, just because they don't cost as much, I'm not as cool as you? But that's, that's like half yeah. of it. And how he explained it is, that's how I thought before, but me turning into sort of the manufacturer yeah. now, I understand He's it gonna on see a different that level. Hand. Exactly, man. And it's dope to see that kind of growth, you know? Yep. To see somebody go from, from that kind of idea, well, it's like, well, it's, it's the same thing, but it's not from that company. Right. But yeah. that's, that's not the full thing, dude. Like, say it was like Rocket Bunny. Those guys put in work to get that kit built on that car probably before the car was even out yeah, yeah so they had to make those connections to be able to get that car to cut it up and you know just figure it out figure it out mass produce it Same so some close. companies in china or whatever like can Liberty knock it Walk off and stuff like that so it, it i'm glad that he was able to recognize that and to respect that and to respect it from a manufacturer's 
side of things. Yeah. Because I know both you and I have went through it, and yeah. people would say like, who, who cares? It's just a bolt. Or who cares? It's just wiring, but it's not. It's so. like the time that you spent, yep. you know, at the junkyard figuring out, oh, I need to get this clip, and then figuring out where to source it, and so on and so forth. And to have your parts compared to something else that really isn't equivalent. Right. And right. it's it's just uh, or it's like a you know it's like a direct copy or something. Exactly. Like that. It's ex- exactly man. So it's really cool to see somebody like that come from uh. To, to come from um, like that that idea of things right full circle to like now full circle. a manufacturer technically yeah yeah right? yeah so big shout out to uh, to TJ Hunt man his, his the wide body looks pretty cool I want to go check out his uh, yeah um, at, but I, like I said as far as Super Azu uh, I, I mean I may have missed one in here somewhere but I don't think any messed with the uh, the Gretty one. Yeah, uh, the development in that car is pretty crazy. Um, Kenji told me all about it. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they created a lot of engine parts for it, and the fact that it's not a swap is actually pretty cool because, you know, like, I'm not saying that it's easy to throw a 2J in that car because it's absolutely not, but, yeah. you know, that's like the... When you th- when you change in... When you're building a race car, you, you know, when you take an engine that you're already familiar with, it can be easier. Yeah. So this is like a foreign engine. They've developed parts for it, yeah. manifolds. Um, They've developed a whole engine management system for it. So that's running on a Motec M1. And if you do or don't understand this, how it works is it's firmware. So an M1 is an open-based system. If you understand how to program, like a C++ or equivalent, and then you understand how an engine works, you can, in theory, build a platform that's an open source. You can create your own product, technically, and then you can choose to like private label that through Motec or a dealer or et cetera. So he got with a CAN programmer that's also a Motec dealer. They figured out the CAN integration of that car and they actually produced something like we were talking about before where it's, you know, you are, before this car is even out, you're like backwards engineering it. So yeah. they backwards engineer the CAN system to make that talk and work with they, before Motec did. Brand new car. Brand new car. They made an intake manifold. It's full CNC. Like, I mean, I, I honestly didn't get to speak to Kenji enough about the car, but me knowing what I know, looking at it going, oh yeah, that yeah. shit's like badass because he had to he had to create his own path for it um, where he is making it now easier for all the other guys, but he's also Definitely. opening up the doors to the, the ripoff, you know, the, the companies yeah. that are just going to come in and the copy ripoffs. him. Because he did all the all the sweat equity, they call it, when you're watching HGTV. Shout out to HGTV. Uh, but that goes back to what Ron was saying about the OGs. You know, we I think we really need to appreciate people like Kenji for being in the community. Because how long would it have taken somebody to really dive in to, and do a car like that? Yeah, like, I mean, on what budget? On his yeah. dime? Like, when, when would that make any sense, it right? It would be a crashed one or something. Yeah, you know, to right. To get a brand new one and start from scratch. Like, dude, it... it He's an OG in the yeah. community, man, and uh, I think that we owe him a lot. Him, Ron, all these guys, uh, Steph Papadakis. Yeah. Uh, he's doing the thousand horsepower Supra. Pull the Dude, motor Steph's, out. Dude, Steph's YouTube video, that shit Ridiculous. blew the, That's so. It was so cool to see that. 
Because, like, I, I actually had a... I spoke with him. We did, like, a, this Hoonigan chat with, like, BC Moto and got stuff. You, got you, got and he's, like, asking... He's so funny. He's, like, asking the, the guys, like, the YouTube... Yeah. The YouTube guys and, like, the, the, the live TV stuff. And he's, like... He's, like, how do you do this? How do you solve this? He's, like, asking him all these questions, right? Because he's, like, learning. He's just... He's just, like... Like a sponge, got just you. all this information he's trying to learn, and like he, you could tell he wants to be the best, you yeah. know. So he like first one got an engine, like dude, that YouTube video probably could have bought him a Supra. Oh yeah, like dude. I was thinking about like, God damn, dude, that's so cool. It's in the millions. Yeah, it's three plus million. I don't know what that exactly equates to, but I'm pretty sure that if you knew that that was gonna be three plus million per that one video. It would have been it would have been a wise decision to just pay cash for a Supra. You could even pay a little bit extra for the dealer markup, and it would still be worth it. Not only that so. car, that video, but all the videos after have just been. That's what I'm up, saying. Dude, That's because what I'm saying. everybody is attracted to yeah. this, bro. TJ, think about it, dude. Brand new car, 2020. Dude, pull the motor out of it, dissect oh, it, and it was like, okay, well, an engine stand can't fit on this motor so let me go on the computer and mock up an adapter for the engine mount to make it work what the fuck dude yeah he's so like wild. and he was explaining internally how you know where the weak points and where the strong points are and how he could reliably make let's say a thousand horsepower right and turn it into whatever application that that racer would you know so yeah i mean he, he probably knew going in that it was going to do really really well and he was yeah. probably building up to that point and yeah, dude, like, I mean, that's that stuff like what TJ Hunt does, for example. Yeah. You know, you kind of know going in, like, well, I'm going to have to buy this car. That doesn't matter because it's going to pay for itself in due time. Yeah. And if you have other outlets, because owning a business, as you know, let's say that you have this thing where you're you're, you're putting together cars. That's one outlet. You're selling your, your clothing and whatnot. That's another outlet. And that could be doing, let's say that's doing, let's say that's doing 10 or 20,000 a month. Let's just yeah. say, okay, cool. And then you know your your YouTube channel is doing ten or twenty thousand a month. Like I don't know, but I'm just throwing yeah, out yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, and then I got this body kit that's doing this, and it's going to be that, and it's going to sell X amount, and it does ten or twenty thousand dollars a month. Let's just say. Well, now all of a sudden you got something. Yeah. And that's if you ask a business person what that formula is, it is having investments in multiple different things that it can be late related or not. Yeah. But they, if they can all support and work together then you like have something definitely man and and that's why guys like tj really uh really excite me dude is because he understands it and at a young age he understands it and i dude i only wish that i understood it in my early 20s oh know? dude yeah just being in my mid 40 or mid 40s just the way that i feel in my mid 40s but in my human body in my mid 30s dude i feel like i'm 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 getting it now it's yeah. in the last few years i've been getting it but some of these dudes understand it at a younger age dude and that bro that's awesome to see the growth of people like that and then to see someone like steph being an OG, someone one of like like a Ron, yeah. one of the pillars in the Honda community, still in it, still killing it. That gives me hope for the future, and I'm sure yourself. De when, definitely. Yeah. I know we we're thinking like, dude, 15 years, we're gonna be in our 50s. Are these people still gonna fuck with us? Yeah. Are they still gonna look back at what we did? Are they gonna still respect the the foundation that we laid? Right. For for these different aspects of the community you know and hopefully so and that's why i love to embrace these uh these ogs 
and I want to make them feel like they're still important. Yeah, I fully sure. agree with that. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's been a dope one. Uh, you see, I was gonna I reach for your phone right there, but I didn't know how to turn it on because I mine's like, laying right a, now. You tried. Like, What's a home button? I'm like, what? How do you, I'm, you, you just tried looking at it. You just looking at my phone. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not how it works. I'm tapping man. at it, but uh. Doesn't have that touch to wake. You know what? Like yeah, yeah. You know what? Speaking of uh, of TJ, he actually did get the the Camaro. They pre-ordered the Camaro. Oh wow! So I haven't even seen it yet. I haven't seen one. So that is my goal Which after Camaro? this podcast. The, the, the Corvette. Excuse oh, me. Oh, the Corvette. The Corvette. I was like, what yeah. Camaro? I was yeah, like, the oh, Corvette. I yeah, the new Corvette. So after this podcast, I'm, I want to uh, check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm going definitely going to go find that Corvette. I'm uh, I'm ready to check it out and and you're gonna buy one? I'm thinking oh, dude, about it. Really? Yeah. Ash doesn't want me to. Or a Lambo. Uh, I don't know, bro. What happened to the green it's Lambo? losing its. We'll talk about that later. Man. I think you're just becoming wiser. You know, I think you Maybe. want a car that you can drive daily. I think Cheapy's. I think, I think Cheapy's done all the coolest shit ever to a Lambo. So, so he, I'm yeah, just like, if I get pretty. a basic one, I gotta send it to Cheapy and have him <laughs> tear it apart and throw my rear bumper away. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we have another special guest coming on the podcast, and um, this guy has been on the podcast before, and I think. He was our for our first um, three-hour podcast, Dang. and this one went super, super deep, man. Uh, DPK David in the building. David, Damn, what's up, brother? Soup. Hello, everyone. Oh, David, I love that voice, man. Well, you guys just been uh, chilling out, dude. We've talked to what? like seventy people, bro. When we wait, first started seven, this, wait, wait, did you say seventy? Seven, seven. No, seventy. We started. We talked to seventy people already. When we first started this, I'm like, oh, dude, what are we gonna talk about? And then people just keep coming up, and it was no, pretty it's rad. not seven. Yeah, I, I, I was like, <laughs> it was probably seven. seven. What is this? A twenty-four hour podcast? Yeah, dude, we'll be here all you're, day. Someone, you're gonna. Finally, beat my podcast, huh? <laughs> Maybe, this will now be Maybe. the longest podcast. But David, since we did our podcast, you actually started your Pod- own podcast. Yeah, with this guy John right here. Hey, John. John, say hi. what's Just come up? Say hi real quick. Just say hi. Hello. Right. John's standing behind me. All right. So, uh, give us a quick, quick breakdown of the podcast and uh, what uh, it means to you. It's just a podcast, really, just to talk to diff- people about different things different people just kind of a I don't know it's called the open perspective so the idea is that you just open your mind to different things or maybe even open the minds of the viewers you yeah know? but you know how it is when you sit down and you talk to people sometimes you uh, realize things or learn things that you didn't already know so that's kind of the idea behind it nice even man. if it's just uh, something you didn't know about the person you're talking to you know? yeah so um, even on this podcast I find that all the time man you definitely uh, see sides of people you didn't expect huh <laughs> yeah I'll be across the table from someone and be like hey Doug you know you just said that right yeah <laughs> alright cool keep going <laughs> I mean, exactly I just learned today that Frank was in his mid 40s mid 40s in my mind I'm in my mid 40s my think, human body everybody just learned that I was Jewish <laughs> Jewish yeah Jewish I always thought you were in your mid 20s Frank <laughs> in your mid 40s in Some, your mind I feel like, like it sometimes there dude. You go. But that's dope, man. So what, what challenges have you noticed with the podcast and what benefits have you gained from doing the podcast? Uh, challenges, I think, for most people are going to be the same. It's, uh, it's a lot of effort, man. Like, I don't think people realize how much effort you put into this. Having two episodes a week is, like, wild. It's, yeah. a, it's a full-time job in that sense. So 
you know, especially when you have a family and a wife, you know, so having the time to actually sit down and record, people don't realize that if you have a three-hour conversation, you took three hours out of your day, Yeah. plus you had to do all the stuff after the fact to make it go live, right? So it's taken a lot of time. Um, John, who is my partner in this whole thing, he's all obviously very busy. He's at a very busy time of the year for him as well. Um, so he, we're kind of on this thing where we're falling off schedule a little bit. Gotcha. But you know, I went into it kind of like, hey, you know what? If I fall off schedule, that's fine. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't plan to have a schedule in the first place. I just thought structure was good because if you don't have it, then they're gonna fall off for sure. Yeah. Know? So, but uh, just that, and then you know getting the right guests on. I think for me, it's it, that's been a, a concern because I'm trying to bring in a certain type of person, you know what I'm saying? And really have people that have will have the conversation that I want. So it's interesting to try to like strategically place people on your podcast. So you mean conversations that you're interested in or people that you just know will talk about it in a real, real form? Well, it's kind of both, right? So like, I'm going to have a certain person on my podcast because I know that we'll get into a specific type of conversation, right? But then I also have to know, are they going to actually open up and talk or are they just going to sit there and basically wait for me to ask them a question, yeah. answer it, and then just move, you know, just wait for the next question. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want just that natural conversation back and forth. Yeah, exactly. you, ne you never want it to feel like a forced conversation. Right, or like an it's, interview. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's not literally just a, like a, hey, I'm asking you something, answer the question. Okay, next question. No, it's not like that. You yeah, know? this so. isn't like, you know, 60 minutes or like CNN or like, you know, yeah. what we grew up with. with two like guys are just sitting there looking at each other and it's like so formal and exactly. you feel awkward exactly it has to flow. yeah and yeah. It, it's definitely challenging man and being yeah. a being a podcaster that's your job yeah to be able to navigate around that and me 114 episodes in i'm still trying Shit. to figure it yeah. out dude and i kind of got that from you where you were just like you know you gotta uh, you come at it a, a little differently like you gotta drive the conversation yeah. almost you know what i mean and that's and it's cool. I, I can do it, but as you know, it turns into a little bit of work with some people. Oh so, yeah. So you know, it's good though. But then sometimes you'll get those guests, and it really surprises you. you yeah. Know? Even my guy TJ right here. Mm -hmm. uh, TJ and I have been friends since like 2007. We worked with each other at Best Buy, and I just had him on the podcast just because he's one of my buddies. And dude, we when we pod together, we don't write nothing down. We don't talk right. about anything before. We jump in there, and it's like one of the best episodes we could do, man. Yeah, those are those are the yeah those are the conversations you want to have, and the people you want to have on, and and those are the people that you'll have come back on, right? You're like, hey, let's just do it again. Hell yeah! Just for you know, just cause the conversation's gonna be there. We've even thought about doing our own spinoff podcast. You yeah, know? yeah. So another Instagram account, another oh, one. Well, so today we just figured that I have a, a, a fit tee by Downstar Instagram, oh and I think God. we're gonna add another uh, podcast. You to have it. a fit tee Instagram, <laughs> damn. Coming soon. Get you gotta ready. get that fitness, uh, that uh, online fitness page too. Dude, I know, bro. I gotta hook up with uh, Randall Pitch. Shout out yeah. to Randall, dude. Yeah. I gotta be on Live Fit, but uh, <laughs> that's dope, man. So, what is your idea of the podcast, and where do you see it going? Where do you want this to go to? Um, I just want to keep seeing the the natural progression. It's been good so far. I've had a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, thanks for sharing your your thoughts and your your mentality on things and the guests that you've had." have been cool and i just kind of want to continue on it with that you yeah. know if, if people are getting out of it what i get out of it then cool let's just keep going you know? yeah uh, i thought the one that we, with your cousin was a pretty cool one it was cool yeah i think for him and that's a perfect example like he he uh 
I expected him to sit down and talk like no problem, but as soon as you put a mic in front of him and hit record, it's like he kind of got nervous, you know? And I'm yeah. like, dude, we talk like this all the time. <laughs> Just go with it, you know? And I'm like, yeah. what is what is the deal with you? You're like freezing up on me. Yeah, you'll you'll notice that, especially the first maybe like 20 to 30 minutes of a pod i can read somebody's body language yeah just like uh, for example uh david from hybrid right we just had him on the last episode you right. know and david and i have talked we've known each other for 10 years Talk we've talked maybe no yeah. we've talked maybe 10 minutes in oh, that really? 10 years oh, you know? it's just like a it's shake hands what's, hey, up? what's up man how's everything oh good to see you you know and then keep yeah. it moving so once we sat down, I could tell that he was a little tense. But once we started going into it, it was like you know, once, once they let down that guard, dude, you, yeah. you get out some good stuff, man. Yeah, that's like when, when I came on your podcast, there was a point when I forgot we were recording. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, yeah. you know, and not only that, you have video, you know, footage also. So it's like, damn, I don't know what I was doing. I could have been <laughs> scratching my head the whole time. You know, I could have been, I don't know what was going on. I was just having a conversation forgot what was what the whole deal was you know dude if so you guys if you guys ever watch me on the previews i look like a psychopath bro i'm just staring yeah and all the time good. i always look at myself and i'm like bro what the fuck yeah smile or make a face yeah. or something but i'm like so yeah, yeah you're focused i'm so focused on the story yeah, and i'm good. always afraid that like the guest is like why is this dude fucking staring at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's the other uh, thing too i think like when i came on your podcast i was still fresh i think i had recorded maybe one or two episodes and it was with people that i knew yeah and i never thought about it like what happens when i don't know the person i'm talking to that well and then i'm just kind of like uh i don't know how to maybe i'm looking at them funny or maybe yeah. my response is kind of throwing them off or whatever it may be so it's interesting i think as long as people know that you have good intentions to yeah. start off with it's just like an awkward first date yeah know? yeah and so i got a, a, a couple guests lined up that i don't know at all i just know things about them and so i want to have them on dope and it's like that part's kind of intimidating where i'm like all right maybe i'm gonna get a few more episodes under my belt and then i'll have you come on you know yeah so it's just interesting i think it's good just to put yourself in that uncomfortable situation yeah, yeah. and uh see where it goes right from right. there absolutely dope man i'm excited for the pod dude yeah me too uh, so i think i overheard you say something about a corvette yeah um i gotta check it out have you seen one here yet i tried to walk by man and there was a crowd around it. really yeah today is like kind of ridiculous this yeah it feels way too full right now yeah i think after this pod i'm gonna go back to the hotel and just chill out and eat yeah. and that's like me last night i saw stuff. you guys were all out and about i was in my hotel room man I was like, you know what? I've been here enough times. I'm just going to go back to my hotel. Bro, so. I think we could have just went back to the hotel. We yeah. went we went to the club and we <laughs> pretty much stood for like an hour, hour and a half. I'll tell you what, though. Trying to get here early is a mission. Oh, like get to the show early. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Holy are you crap. taking the monorail? Or yeah, how are you it took me an hour yeah. to get on the monorail. They yep. had the fucking heater on in the oh, area that you have to wait to get it. So I'm sweating, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is cool. Start my day off in a sweat, you know? And then you finally get on this thing. And then you got to wait to get over here. Like when you get over here, it's a mission to get off of it. Yeah. And then you got to get in the building. I'm like, dude, what is going on here? And then so, you're, yeah, you're sitting. It's line after line after yeah. line. I'm surprised. It's like it's crazy now. It's I'm, so big. I'm surprised you didn't just Uber it. 
No, Uber's worse. Oh, Uber's man. worse. So I Ubered it here at like nine thirty. Dude, me too. And, and, and it was, was okay. Hell yeah. And they just were able to yeah. just drop you off yeah. and get stuck in traffic. Right off the nah, bro. I've been Ubering every yeah. scene, and this one too. Because no on the problem, monorail, bro. when I pulled up on the yeah. monorail, we're like looking down and like look at all this traffic. Yeah, dude, yeah on the monorail right there, you see yeah, it just yeah. stop traffic. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, good luck with Uber. It just looks like that because of the stoplights. Okay. Waiting, but it took me literally. I was here before Frank. It literally took me ten minutes. I might, I might Uber tomorrow. Man, try it tomorrow the whole process for sure, is about dude. two hours. No yeah, lie. yeah, yeah. Try it. Literally. If you know, if you know a spot around here, yeah, that you can walk from here, from there or to the, the show. Right. Yeah, if you can have them go maybe on the backside to the Westgate or yeah. something like yes, that. Yeah, the backside's actually a little easier. It's a lot easier. When I left yesterday, we left from the Arco yep. at the Westgate, and dude, no problem right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you then just can't do it in the congestion areas. Otherwise, it's crazy. Yeah. Then I, I went straight to the uh, tread pass. So I was trying to see if you guys were over there. Yeah. I didn't realize you were starting so early. And I went to the tread pass, and I'm like, where's everybody at? And the tread pass was packed. Really? There's all sorts of people there. There's a lot of nice cars there, yeah. man. Um, it's like the place to be now. Yeah. It's definitely nice cars. Everyone's hanging out. Dude, like you know what? Spot. Just to think about that, the tread pass is really like the trendy spot. Oh, no, for sure. SEMA. Absolutely. It's like a lounge kind of chill yeah. area with dope ass cars. And all these cars have a real big social presence oh, yeah. to them. The, the, the tread pass literally went from like, oh, there's some cool cars there on the way in between two buildings to, hey, I'll meet you there. And that's exactly. where we're going to hang out for X amount of time, you know? Yeah. So it's been kind of interesting. Yeah, but, yeah, no, definitely. So what cars have you seen here that have, um, that have your attention? Uh, to be honest, man, I think I'm picky. The one car that's really gotten me like off the bat is this. Uh, it's a Mercedes 190E in the Tread Pass, and then I like old muscle cars. So there's certain yeah. ones that have a very modern twist to it gotcha. that are really getting my attention. That's usually what'll what'll get me. So when you see the older cars that have like a newer feel, yeah. technology-wise, and and you know just the whole setup of the car. I was um, I was passing by the uh, where they have the drifting. I was telling the guys oh, earlier, yeah. the, like the M3, M4 stuff back mm -hmm. there. And there's some crazy old school Camaros, dude, with like four superchargers and really? turbos and everything. Pretty sick, man. I mean, I've seen like crazy shit. I mean, obviously everybody wants to put GM engines in whatever kind of car they have. So there's this BMW at the uh, Optima battery. Yeah. And it looks like there's turbos coming off the intake manifold uh, in the intake side of the engine. And then intake manifolds coming off the exhaust side of the engine. Oh, shit. So we're like, wait, what? Is there like a reverse flow to this engine? What the hell is going on? So there's like stuff that I've seen that I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude. So it's, it's pretty cool. It, those are the times that you want to like, who's the owner? Like, I want to ask some questions. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. But a lot of times the car just gets dropped off and, and that's it. So. But it's been uh, it's been it's been cool. There's definitely some interesting stuff out here. You just got to kind of find it. Dope, David. So before we get out of here, bro, can you tell us where they can find the podcast at? Yes, it is uh, on Instagram. It's at the Open Perspective on all platforms. You just have to search the Open Perspective. The Open Perspective. It's there, and uh, yeah, dope. It's pretty good. David, thank you so much, man, thank for stopping you. by. I appreciate thank it, you. bro. Thank you for having Thanks, me. dude. Of course, bro. I will talk to you guys soon. Cool, dude. We. Uh, we got two more guests right now we got one og but we got uh and they're always talking together you know that's the hardest thing about sema bro is you get like 10 feet yeah and, and then somebody, everyone knows everyone yep yeah i mean especially when you're like super popular like 
Brian, you know? <laughs> no. Dude. <laughs> I seen him a crowd, bro. A crowd Ryan over there. And I was like, where the fuck did he Ryan? <laughs> Had to go save him, dude. I'm in the middle, like, can't see me. It's just getting like buried in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, we we actually have another guest stopping by and uh, he just he just debuted. Hello. A car as well I at did. SEMA. Did, yeah. We got uh, Rogers in the building. Rogers, yep. what's is up, bro? on? Yo. Yo. Am I live? Oh, yeah. hey, let's rock Where's my cans? Where's my cans? <laughs> <laughs> Are my cans Matt, thank you for stopping by, bro. Yeah, I man. appreciate it. Uh, kind of in between meetings, I got like a couple of minutes. Let's do it real quick, man. Tell us about the 10th gen and what you did and uh, what we got going on. Yeah, so it's a 2018 um, SI sedan. And basically, just kind of bolted some parts onto it to see what it would do. Um, sort of testing like how much progression we can get you know um pretty impressive pretty impressed by it really at first i was like eh, i don't know about this but i kind of like it yeah, yeah. it grew on me so i kind of want the car now oh actually. really yeah. so what all, what all did you like test with what, what so parts? um i mean the suspension was first with ibach right so with ibach full suspension we did um springs front and rear sway bars um or billet rear strong bar uh camber kit the whole thing um handled great uh, prototype some things with them and then um, eventually it went with the pro kit and that's on there now um, wheels and tires we did toyo tires and um, ssr aero formula mesh kind of a throwback retro style yeah wheel. yeah those are cool wheels it's like you either love them or hate them like yeah. it's half and half right so i like them so uh, and I, I apologize i'm not te 37s so we'll cry about it um, <laughs> and so then um with the bolt-on stuff uh Gretti, we tested out their dd exhaust system um, that's on there now it comes out soon um, we did a. Um, I keep saying we. It was it was me. Like, it just, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't say we. Like there's a big group of guys renting on this car. It was in my driveway. And, like, that, uh, I don't and know. now it's at the Honda booth. Right, right. So yeah. it was like my neighbors think I'm crazy because like the, you got this brand new car and you're tearing it apart. And I remember one day I had all the interior like the seats out. I had like uh, the new downpipe and front pipe on the ground. I had all this stuff laid out, and my neighbor just like what are you doing like what are you doing what's wrong with you you know <laughs> they don't know what i do and so it was funny it was, it was one of those things um but anyway so uh with the performance side we did the exhaust um obviously Honda. i work with them on just about everything i do so uh shout out to doug and uh nick from oh so sick yeah and um put the flash pro in there um prl stepped up and did uh cold air intake and front pipe and down pipe i'm trying to remember all the parts so their front pipe down pipe and cold air intake and then 271 vincent from 271 has this really really cool drop-in turbo direct replacement cool it's all oh, the yeah. stock heat shields and everything made a, a massive difference in performance it was awesome um but um last monday i ended up installing a different setup just to try something different try something new um so prl uh, their big turbo kit went in there and very um, cool. so that's in there now and that's very uh, cool now. so it's a garrett gtx gen 2 and uh, it's a pretty nice setup. Um, I just installed it right before they picked the car up, so it is not tuned. But, yeah. Okay. But it runs. Gotcha. It runs. It's so low boost right now. After this, we'll figure it out. Dope, man. Nice. So this car is in the Honda booth, guys. And this podcast is dropping tomorrow on Thursday, so you guys will still have a chance if you want to come yeah, check I mean, it out. Yeah, everyone goes to that booth, right? So it's it's there. Um, there's some cool cars this year, for sure. Yeah, That's a prestigious sure. thing to have a car in the Honda booth. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, I don't really call it a build because I didn't tear it apart and completely build it up. I just bolted some parts to it, but uh, very happy 
like cool. the way it came out, yeah. the way it drives. You did a great job, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and Downstar Hardware. Thank you. Thank you for uh, making us a part of the... The very last minute um, came through. Just, you know, so <laughs> Always, cool. man. Well, Matt, I know you got to run. Thank yeah. you so much. And we got to do a full podcast one of these days, man. For sure, man. I'm for looking time. forward yeah. to it. For sure. But thank you for all you do for uh, for me and for the community, bro. For I sure, really man. appreciate Thanks it. For having me. All right, Matt. Have a good one, brother. Thank you. All right, guys, so before we have our next guest on, I am going to switch up the batteries because this is at one bar, Dang. and I don't want to um, to mess this up. So we'll be back in one second. And we're back, guys. Had to switch out the batteries, and um, look who ended up showing up. Brian Gillespie. What's up, Brian? Hey, guys. How is everything? Brian How from Hasbro. Which, which uh, mic? That one. This one? That Got one. It. My guy, he I went... Won't. He went to the uh, restroom. I will relax it. Oh, there you go. He can take a seat. It's all I can good. Sit back and talk in the mic. Brian, what's up, man? Oh, just enjoying another SEMA. I it's know. It's just crazy out here. They've got a few good Hondas this time around. Brian, I saw yours. That thing is beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely gorgeous. Nice, thanks. You're doing a really nice job with that. So, pretty cool. And uh, we're here in the CSF radiator booth. Yeah. And, uh, they're doing some cool shit with uh, with you and a couple other people for Honda stuff. So oh, definitely, yeah. man. I, I love working with Robbie because he's he's part of the community. You know, part of the culture and knows what's going on. Yeah. Knows who's doing what and, and he's really racing, supports. building cars, exactly, he's doing everything that we're doing. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, as are you, man. Well, we're having You're, fun. I mean, yeah, the uh, building a few cars right now, getting ready for Super Lap Battle next week. So uh, our Time Attack Prelude is uh, getting uh, a new gearbox, so hopefully that'll be a little bit more advantageous to us out there on the track. Gotcha. Um, and uh, we'll see how it does. We're we're shooting for a 150-ish, so uh, hopefully I'm not shooting myself in the foot by putting that out there. <laughs> but, uh, we can edit it. It's all good. Yeah. So, but which not should be cool. Nice man, and uh, you also got the um, the midnight oil still cooking. Midnight oil. We didn't do it last night, which was yeah. a big mistake. We we're out there at the uh, H day meet, which was cool as hell. It was super cool, man. Yeah. I was so surprised with the turnout. I couldn't believe it. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. But you know, Javier is going to do a good job when right. he does something. Definitely, definitely. He he uh, he stepped up and, and got a lot of really nice cars out there. So I I really enjoyed it. And there was a lot of really fun to meet a lot of the people that are here in Las Vegas. That's one of the things I always want to do is go to a, there was like usually a Honda meet after SEMA that uh, was around, but we were always like too beat up oh, and, uh, you know, trying to move everything back to Phoenix. But uh, uh, but uh, having that on Tuesday night, and I'm hoping it's going to be an annual thing. So uh, next year we need to set up uh, your little podcast, my little live broadcast and uh, talk to the talk to the people. Yeah, I mean, to get a, a filler of the event, for it being two hours and for it being such short notice, man, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Had a nice space right there. They had the tent. They had the taco truck. They had the DJs. They had models. They had merch. It's like, dude, how did you guys put all yeah, this together? Where, where did this come from? Who, who, who orchestrated <laughs> yeah, this? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, like no. you said, the OGS guys, they never disappoint, man. So. Hopefully cool. we can make this an annual thing. And uh, actually, Ryan and I were just talking. He was saying that there's like uh, a podcast cube. And I said that this this sort of media is going to start growing a lot more in, in the future. Oh, it's been growing. I don't know if you've noticed there's like a consolidation with all the companies that do podcasting. And now they're they're reaching more mainstream uh, uh, distribution and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you're, you're an early provider of this stuff. And, and hopefully this stuff just grows 
you know, as it should yeah. with this. Thank you, man. I love the format. It. Thank you so much, man. And it only works with people like yourself, man, willing to sit down and chat with us. Anytime. And, um, just lend your knowledge. Like earlier on the podcast, we had Ron Bergenholtz on, you know? And uh, we, yeah, yeah, definitely, cool. right? Every yeah. time somebody hears that name, their eyes just light up. Oh, man. Yeah. And just to be able to get uh, 15, 20 minutes out of Ron is awesome. Yeah. And you know, I bumped in today, it was Dennis Kako. I don't know if you guys remember him. He had a clothing company, Auto Cannon. And he used to do the Max Boost. Uh, yeah, oh, the, the Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just didn't. I wasn't familiar with his name. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, he's over the Honda booth. And, nice. Uh, he's been uh, doing a lot of promotion over there. Uh, they've got that, uh, 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 you know, album that has like all the years of the Max Boost car- cartoons in it uh, that they're selling. And uh, he's building a Civic. Yeah. You know, to match the old P Green uh, uh, EK Civic that was in the Max Boost comic. So he's going to build up one of those things. So uh, nice. we're going to help out with that. That should be really cool. So I'm looking forward to that build. Wow. Yeah, yeah I got to talk to that guy, man. Yeah, I've you been, do. I've been seeing yeah, him. Yeah, send somebody out. You know, if I see him again, I'll send him your way. Okay. Are you, how, how long are you doing these podcasts? Uh, actually, today we're about pretty much done right. after you. Um, I'm going to call it today, but right. tomorrow we'll be here all day, and Friday we'll be here cool. all day. I'll send Dennis over your way if I can yeah, get a chance to talk yeah, to Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's my goal for this SEMA trip is seeing who we can network with and maybe make some relationships where we can have them on the podcast. Very cool. Because I feel like a lot of these guys, they uh, deserve to have their stories told. Oh, him, him for sure. He's been doing this since 1998. The guy's been around for a long time. Uh, one of the, you know... I think he was in the first issue of Import Tuner, as a matter of fact. But uh, he, he, you know, he just slaved away at that stuff and built a lot of cars and did a lot of uh, early stuff with Import Tuner and just in the Honda, Honda group generally. So, uh, uh, super nice guy. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to, to reconnect with him. Uh, so you guys have walked around the show a little bit too. Not been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really, yeah. really yesterday, like yesterday. Stuff we you thought was super around. cool. Um, I saw, I forget, I think it's a Challenger, uh-huh. a, a, a gray, like a dark gray Challenger, tubbed out in the back with like some super fat wheels or tires, and uh, I, I love that car. Nice. I took, that's probably the only car I took pictures of that didn't have Downstar, like just for my own pleasure. Right. <laughs> so, it's interesting, I have, have you thought about doing Downstar and uh, American sizes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've dabbled. A, we've dabbled a little bit already. But yeah. um, I was talking about earlier in the episode. I just got my Chevelle back, so I have a '69 Chevelle, and I just got it running, and still a little some little tweaks to get out of it. Nice. But once I start working on that car, I'm going to start upgrading the hardware and probably put it on the a la carte section. There's you know? so many combinations. If you want to service that market, it'd be definitely. out of control. So. But yeah, that, I mean, if you've got all the sizes, you should be able to do it. Of course, yeah. yeah. So we're going to be working on that. Um, I was telling Ryan that we're going to dabble more into titanium stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, cool. So as far as the Downstar stuff, we're going to we're going to keep pushing the hardware on it. But how um, about you, Ryan? Anything you stand out? Um, so I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually like really into aside from Hondas is Porsches. Yes. So there's a really crazy air cooled car that's in the Toyo Tread Pass. And it is a Baja style, so it's I got like that. off-road suspension on it. It's basically like a little trophy truck. Yep. Um, that car, the development of that is unreal. Uh, the engine package is pretty badass. The suspension is amazing. The exterior aero is awesome. Uh, I guess it's going to be an available for for sale car. He's going to build them custom. 
They're gonna start at about 1.2 million. <laughs> so not for everybody. <laughs> um, so you say. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's a great build. I, just seeing that, I, I followed it a little bit on Instagram. Like not, I didn't even want to like follow the guy per se because I didn't want to know everything. I was just like checking in every like couple weeks and I look at a couple pictures and I knew it was going to be at the tread pass. So I wanted to like almost not see too much. So, so probably about 1978, there was a magazine called Porsche VW and, okay. I used to, and they did that build. Okay. It was Baja Buck parts on a Porsche. Right. And it was like, I thought that was the most badass thing I'd ever right. seen in my life. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that was me at that age looking at the magazine going, oh yeah, I used to think this thing was amazing. That's pretty cool. I don't have 1.2 million, so I'm not going to go out and buy one. Right. But, uh, but, but I wanted to build one big time in probably 77, 78. I just yeah. thought that would be the the thing to do yeah so. so what about you what's caught your eye uh i'm here for the hondas i you know uh eric Cotille's honda in the grid light booth uh checking that thing out it's a car that actually goes on the track you mm -hmm. know you know once a month or so and and it looks beautiful in the in the uh <laughs> in the booth i mean it, it looks like you know a show car it doesn't look yeah. like a race car he did a really nice job you know, spiffing that up to bring it out to the show. But so what, car, what What platform is that? It's an EG. Okay. And uh, it's had a Type R motor in it. Got it uh, doing K now. Uh, and uh, that car uh, competes every year at, at Nationals. Uh, Eric's an accomplished driver. Uh, and that was that was really cool. Uh, the other thing I thought was fantastic was uh, I was at the uh, Honda booth. Mm -hmm. And they have that new fuel system, upgraded fuel system. Oh, I saw that. I, saw, I got the email. Yeah. I got the email. So uh, I probably did too, but I haven't read an email for like a couple of weeks. So uh, <laughs> the uh, um, so uh, that was pretty amazing. I thought that was uh, uh, pretty cool. I, it's a, I it's a DI it, pump. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that was the big limiting factor on the Type R right. was the fuel system. It just wasn't allowing people to to modify the engine to, to the extent the engine could be modified. So, uh, or tuned, I should say. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it was kind of the... Um, you know, it was kind of at the ceiling already. So with that new system, they should be able to do quite a bit better. Plus, they now can do flex fuel, which would be which is mm -hmm. a big deal. Right. So that that makes a that makes a big difference. So it's like ever expanding, kind of cutting oh, yeah. cutting out the need to, you know, to invest in a high dollar engine management with a proprietary package. You or could or even a you know external injection, you know, in, injection you know, yeah. outside of the um, of the you know inside the intake manifold rather than direct injection. Yeah, like a, a exter ex external port injection instead right. of a exactly. high pressure DI so, injection. So, like we all expect, that stuff is moving forward and coming along. Uh, we actually developed mount kits for that into the EG EKDC2. Right, I've seen that. Yeah. That motor does not fit well in there. No, uh, no. no, it's too tall. It's it's big. It's mm. bigger than a, taller than a J or a K, and it's uh, uh, and it's wider than a K. Uh, it's taller than a J. Yeah. Wow. It's tall. God damn. Okay. It's tall. Yeah. The, the yep. high pressure fuel pump up the top is pretty tall. And okay. Then there's a bunch of uh, other stuff going on up top. So. Uh, so it's pretty tall, but uh, it does fit in like those six up Civic and the 2012 Civic. So we're looking I think that to, would be really cool yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to making those mount here kits for here pretty quick. So you you being in the community for so long, uh, can you foresee what the future is going to be for, uh, say like like trends in the Honda community as far as aftermarket parts where where things are moving towards? Um. So my take on this. Uh, no, I can't foresee it. <laughs> but my take on this is, uh, I think the L15 is going to give us another 
15 years of engine swaps. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't see that slowing down. You know, if once the electronics are sorted, that that car is going to be uh, and and. And it's going to be an easy swap. Those things are piling up in salvage yards. Mm. Uh, I would love to see uh, a, another choice for front-wheel drive transmission. So uh, I've got me, my ear to the ground on on those options, uh, uh, and I've got a few ideas on on how to do that. Um, same thing with the K20C motor. You know, obviously, the engine's coming in the RDX. It's coming in the new Accord. But there's going to be a, a bit of a, a dearth of the tr the six-speed transmission. So they are going to need you know, transmissions to go with that. So again, you know, how's that going to work out? Um, uh, so I, I, I see that to continue. I, I fully expect that to continue. People are going to crack the computer. People are going to come up with aftermarket computers. We're going to be able to control that motor. That's not going to be an issue. Uh, but it is early days for that, and the prices are still, you know, coming down, particularly as the motors pile up. So, so I see that kind of continuing on. I do see the L15 motor probably being the choice for the 92 to 5 Civics and things like that, but that's a good motor. It, it makes a lot of horsepower, uh, and I and you've got to also understand there's a couple of million of the K series engines still on the road. So as we as we you know they still swap B series motors in. So so 20 years from now they're still going to be swapping K series motors in. So I don't see any slowdown in that for you know gotcha. 10, 12 years. Yeah. So so the future is pretty much more of the same. You know I think the only thing that might uh, cause a problem with that is sell electric cars. You know, if all of a sudden everybody in the world decides they want to make electric cars, then uh, what does that do to the you know federal regulations? Do they start you know telling people they can't you know do yeah. you know? Yeah, will it, will it be grandfathered or will it be like who knows, right? Yeah, I assume it's going to be grandfathered because if you look at history, you know, there's still hot rods on the road yeah. and stuff like that. You know, yeah. so I I don't know. And, and Hondas don't pollute. Let's be realistic. Right. I mean, they're they're super low emissions unless your 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 tuner's an idiot. So uh, right. Uh, you know it's it's totally capable of, of polluting. You know minimally. So I uh, so I think we'll be fine. Plus it'd be difficult to tell everybody to have to have an electric car because that's unfair to people that don't have money. Yeah. You know what I mean. And I'm not just talking about poor people. I'm talking about kids first car. You know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Kids and first almost car. all those guys wind up modifying whatever they buy. You know. I do see. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about some of the stuff we're doing yet, but uh, I do see some 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 other things coming along for the Honda swap market that should be pretty interesting. So, is there, is there uh, anything you can give us? Any little nugget? Any little thing to look forward to? Uh, yeah, you probably if you if you follow me on on Facebook or Instagram, you probably see me say K swap all the things. I think. That, uh, <laughs> I think there's enough engines out there. We could probably uh, start putting them in other cars pretty easily. Definitely. So I think we're going to need to do that. Now, with uh, all with all-wheel drive being yeah. the new uh, the new trend going on, what are some of the things that Hasport has to offer for right. that package? Right now, we've got the mounts. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a problem with the rear bracket on some of the K series, but we've solved that problem. So they're they're back up to strength, you know. So we've got uh, all-wheel drive mounts for that. I actually have designed a sheet metal trailing arm okay. uh, so that you can have a, a trailing arm that should be a direct bolt on it'll use uh, um, factory uh, uh, pickup location pushing and location stuff like that so uh, I, I really need to get back on that project right now I've been kind of hammered by the wiring of the L15s into the fits trying to get those running once that's done though I'm gonna put my attention fully back on the all-wheel drive stuff for a little while. I think an inexpensive trailing arm that, that's strong, 
uh, and uh, a direct fit, you know, for these things. Plus, it allow for a larger hub, uh, so stronger hub. That'll be a good thing. Of course, obviously, they're finally now kind of settling down on what differentials they want to use in the all-wheel drive gotcha. stuff. They've got some stronger ones going on, so I think, and something that's a little more available than the factory Honda stuff, plus stronger than the factory Honda stuff. So uh, I think we'll probably uh, look at what some of those choices are and make products specifically to mount those in the car. So uh, uh, the the uh, you know, we didn't want to be first out there because we've got so many things going on, but now that it's kind of settling down and people have kind of decided where they want to go with it, now is the time to come in and, and try to make some good products that are, uh, uh, you know, less expensive but strong, you know, and, and reliable and uh, and get the job done the, the way, the way, <laughs> I hate to say this, the way I want to see it done, you know. There I mean, you which go. Is a little bit, which is a little bit more, you know, a little more focus on strength and good geometry and uh, and also uh, being able to get done what people want to do. Well, so. You're definitely one of the leaders in the community, man. Whenever uh, something comes out new, you're always on the forefront of it. Yeah. So right. sometimes we run out in front afterwards, but uh, yeah, we try to we try to get out there and and, and do things right and, and, and get good solutions. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's good yeah. to see that you have the the safety and strength in mind because a lot yeah. of people are in the rush to be first and putting a lot of uh, a lot of that stuff on the back burner yeah when you're talking about suspension I mean that's one of the reasons we don't do a lot of suspension parts because that's that's a critical component I mean if it's stuff's breaking you're you're flying off the track you know what I mean you don't want to do that uh, that's that's a whole different you know whole different deal you know it's uh, there are a lot of products we actually passed up specifically for that reason you know just not being able to really you know, offer something that we thought was going to be safe for everybody and, and, and still lightweight and still did the job and stuff like that. You know, uh, I'm, a lot of companies are doing this type of stuff and that's great. That's perfect. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we have our vision of how we think things need to be done and, and we're going to jump in there and, and see if we can't, you know, make things happen for a reasonable price. Yeah, um, definitely, man. So cool. what are some of the things that you look to accomplish this week at SEMA? This week at SEMA, basically just get a bunch of video and check out cool new stuff. I mean, that's the whole idea. We're here for VTech Academy. I'm here with Aaron Gehagen from VTech uh, Academy. We're uh, we're just trying to you know reach out and uh, see what's going on and, and trying to get more contact. We're trying to educate people with the content. I mean, that's the whole thing is just try to bring information to people so that they can make their swap easier to do and stuff like that. And at the same time, you know, have a little bit of fun. So. Uh, uh, that's our that's our goal out here is to uh, educate and enjoy. So, Rock and roll. But are you going to do any uh, any sit downs or anything like that for um, Big Tech Academy Midnight Oil? We this did week? not the Midnight Oil. We did do. Uh, we sat down with Doug yesterday and uh, went through uh, what Honda is doing and, and uh, uh, what they've got going on. Just uh, you know, see what's going on with them. We sat down with Dennis Kako uh, about his Max Boost. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha book and everything just to, and that was kind of a fun thing some of the things we did uh, I talked to a few people I can't really talk about that uh, but we're gonna go now and uh, talk to uh, some other people about some some new products and things like that uh, see what's going on um, what else did we talk about? we're gonna go talk to Oh, Raul with his uh, yeah we just had him on friend. here right now yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah my guy so, Raul man it's so funny I forgot I talked to him almost every year at Ibach, you know uh -huh. what I mean? I, getting old. <laughs> I had old timers disease. Yeah. So, uh, I, and I, and I, and, and I, and I do this with everybody. I'll sit there and, unless I 
know them intimately, as I'm talking to them, all the stuff floods back in my brain about, you know, his tube frame car and how he did with Matt and all that stuff was fun. And uh, but that Civic he built is beautiful. That AT, yeah. that's such a nice, nicely done, nicely done car. So we sat down, interviewed him with that car, and I think some people will get some good ideas on what to do by looking at that car. He did some unique stuff with the exhaust and with the with the, roof of the car and and the interior. It looks really nice. He did a great job of the wiring, by the way, right? Yeah, wiring. thank you. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks so. cool how he did everything. It's great. Oh, yeah. And then he's been making those those brackets for the ECUs, the PDMs and stuff. Right. So I mean, we're using his stuff in in our car, and he's using our stuff in his, and it's great. Yeah. Good good relationship there. Yeah, and they make they make really cool stuff. There. Of course, yeah. they have some track track tough stuff. Right. Track tough stuff in there. That yeah. Really nice. He's doing some good some really cool stuff. Yeah, like almost all the Hondas here have some track tough stuff right. as well. So. Yeah. But he also made some pretty unique parts for like his uh, uh, coolant system and things like that. Yeah, because it's kind of like a he could he could do it everything you know bespoke. He'll build it for you, or he gives you the tools to make it happen yourself, which is really cool. Because if you're if you're like a fabricator-ish kind of a person, yeah. then you could just buy those materials and make something completely unique. Or like for me, for an example, I just ordered something from him and I'm like, I need this this long and I need it this tall and I gave him all these little specs and I got a completely done perfect product in the end. Nice. And it bolted on exactly where I needed it to do. That's so awesome. That's cool. awesome. So I, I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna bother you with this, but uh, I'll be making a K swap kit for the eighty four to seven civic coming up Oh crazy, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. You don't have to change your motor, I'm <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm yeah, kidding yeah. you. <laughs> I don't know, like, everybody asks me, like, oh, why didn't you go K kind of yeah. a thing, like, with my car or my client Brandon's yeah, car yeah. or whatever, you know, but I feel like that the engine is very tall, so it's kind of oh, like yeah. the the whole, like, you're talking about the K20C, right? That's such a tall engine, like, I feel like that there's a place in time for something like that or a chassis that's that would that would that's benefit. Much better for it. Yeah, 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 and I and I know that, yeah, you should definitely make a kit for the K because it will, it will sell, people will do it, uh, but for me personally, I feel like a B should just live in that vehicle. Sure, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that, that car started life a while ago and got the B in it pretty early on, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, and when you got it, it, it was uh, it was a nice car. But what you've done with it is pretty amazing. Thank but, you, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the B series looks great in that car. I think that uh, I actually have a couple of CRXs with B series in them, and then we had first gen. And then we also, I was driving an 84, or actually an 86 SI, with a B, it had a ZC in it, and then it, uh, uh, the time belt slipped and wrecked the head, right. and so then I put a B in it, it was really nice, but now I'm, I'm gonna put a K in it. I would love to fill that car with a K in it. Yeah. That's so cool. That was actually my first Honda ever, was an 86 hatchback. We'll probably be bringing it, uh, I'm planning on bringing it to some of the VTEC club events next year, Very so cool. do you track, have you been to the track and driven on a road race course? No. Well, you can come have. out. You have. Yeah. You guys can come out and drive the car if you want to. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might crash it though. Is that cool? Oh uh, no. Not <laughs> if if, it's, if your crash could beat Brian's and you could survive, <laughs> then that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a roll hard 16 one. Sixteen times. <laughs> Sixteen and times. No, I, and then I'll say, okay, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I'm built like you, bro. I got. <laughs> I don't drink enough milk, dude. <laughs> Well, Brian, man, you're always coming up with cool and innovative things, man. And uh, I, I really appreciate what you do for the community. And uh, we need people like you to, to keep steering the boat in the right direction. Yeah, like, I, I first met Brian in 99. 
Wow. 99 CR Expo. I mean, you don't. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't even really remember you. Remember you? I remember seeing you and they. Remember you guys had were, the wedge trailer with the four CRXs on it. Was that the one? Uh, no. You guys were giving away a CRX. It was that? It was at Laguna Seca, and there was like a. No, you were I giving had, away, and you guys were doing a swap. Or, yeah. I had four. I was doing a lecture on wiring. You were. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You were. I. It was. I didn't even. But I, mean, I had. Wasn't I had even doing it really a at Dodge that time. truck with a wedge trailer with four CRXs on. It. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> Because I remember driving up there. That was when Marcus DiCibella, heel toe racing. Where oh, he, yeah. his car. Yeah. he crashed his car. Uh-huh. On, oh, on, oh, on the. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and he was like three months in the hospital there, and like, uh, what you call it? But that was all that that first uh, CR Expo. Wow. And I remember meeting you up there. I was with this guy, Lynn Wineland. Okay. This old guy who was older than me. He was like, uh, he was like an editor for Hot Rod magazine back in the '60s or whatever. So maybe '50s. But anyway, yeah, that was that was uh, yeah, that was my first event I ever went to. That's so cool. Dude, yeah, that my my crazy. uncle's just like he had a CRX and he was like aspiring to do a B16 swap. He was aspiring to do all these things, and he kind of got me into it. And he was like, "Come to me with a CRX, CRX Pro 99. Da 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 da. All these people are gonna be there. They're gonna give away a car and all these things. Like, let's just go and check it out." Yeah. So we, he opened the door to me, and I remember just like I had a first gen, and I remember asking people like this was before the clear lights. It was like, like have you seen these like smoked out lights? Because I was just trying to just start modifying, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, turns out they're European, and yeah. nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. But I like saw them in a picture somewhere, and I like was so focused on trying to get these corner lights, <laughs> and then it just grew from there. Because uh, I was literally like just getting my feet wet with cars for that. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you were there, you were like there swapping that. engines. Like, you know? I remember just having a new air freshener or something, you know, getting a part in from eBay. Oh, man, And yeah. just putting those parts on. I always talk about it like the, the experience that you feel from that and the pleasure that you get from that, I don't think that that... I don't I think that it's very hard to replicate that. Now, nowadays, nowadays you're saying, you know, yeah. the more that we move on, the more that we do, the more cars that you build, the more SEMAs that you go to, it's going to be so hard to feel that same feeling of when you finish your first car. Yeah. When or, you're at an Eibach meet. Or you get your very first part. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of these younger uh, enthusiasts, I always tell them, like, look, don't think too much about the future think about like where you want to be at i want to have this i want to go to sema you know because once you get there it's not going to feel as good as it feels when you win you know your first place trophy at your local meet or something like that you know it's nuts i mean it's for me i was uh was driving a volkswagen gti and i my brother offered me a job i had to i had been a tennis teaching pro for a while and my uh my wife was like, did I tell the story in your last podcast? Yeah. Probably. It's all Sorry good. to bore you people. No. But uh, I don't think Ryan's heard this, so that's fine. No, but I was there. Me. I was sitting in at that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell it again. Let's tell it. Let's all right. So anyway, my, my wife decided I needed to get a job, a regular job. So I went to work with my brother, Keith, and he had a 1990 CRX uh, SI road racing car. Yeah. Auto power roll cage, stock T16, and it was like, it was cool. And he's like... Yeah, if you go to work for me, I'll let you build a race car. I'm like, oh, that's freaking awesome. So I used to take a CRX out to autocrosses all the time, and I would take it to, uh, uh, I would take it to uh, uh, the drags, you know, and I would run like 14 sixes like clockwork with that yeah. thing. And that was a fast Honda back in 1998 or seven or whatever it was. 
was yeah, so, wow. it was hilarious. So let me ask you this: about mid late nineties, uh, when you when you started growing your passion for Hondas, who were the movers and shakers of the community? Who do you think are the ones that laid the foundation? The ones that took those risks to take it to the next level? So for me, my first exposure was through the hybrid webpage. So, gotcha. Uh, uh, so Eric. Gosh, I wish I could remember his last name. Sorry with the B. Eric, uh, maybe not. Eric, this one guy, this guy named Eric, who is a, a JDM freak. He like posted up the JDM wiring diagram from the B16 and the in the EF. You know, there was uh, Aaron. I'm sorry, uh, Adrian Teo. He was one of the two administrators on it. Joe Rogers was the other administrator on the uh, hybrid webpage. And these guys were the guys that were like the the OGs and the swap you know, business kind of deal. And, and so that's where I was first kind of, you know, those are the first people I, I learned about and knew. And then they turned me on to this guy, Gil Garcia at Place Racing in California. And then I started reading about, you know, all the shops that people were visiting in Southern California. So early on, I went to California to go uh, look into these uh, JDM motors that people were in yeah, yeah, this yeah. place called K Watanabe. So I went there to K Watanabe, uh, picked up some uh, ZC motors and some uh, some ZC motors because they were just bolt-ins, you know. And then uh, I also went and visited Place Racing to see what they were doing at the time. They were making these. Uh, oh, I started buying magazines too. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, Auto. I'm trying to think of the name of the company. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, but HCP had, was a company that made all these brackets to do the, the B series using stock mounts into the EF, you know. And then I, I remember that. Remember yeah. those? And then, uh, uh, and then there was uh, this company, Place Racing, that was doing a lot of engine swaps, and they were welding in new new buckets right and left on the frame rails in order to use stock. Got you, got you, got you. Integra mounts. And then there was also, uh, uh, and then I also went down and saw uh, Pit Crew. And, okay. Uh, yeah, they were doing Charles, big things back then. Yeah, yeah Charles sure. Madrid was the man down there. Right. Uh, Dr. Charles. Yeah. Or as they called him, Crazy Chicken Head, I think, at the time. Crazy Chicken Head. Yeah, it had to do with his hair. Dude, that's I don't know a if that was, dope I nickname. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if his crew called him that or, or what the hell <laughs> happened. So, but, but uh, I remember somebody telling me that and, and him going, yeah, and him saying to me, yeah, they called me that because of my hair. My hair was just yeah. wild looking. And then, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, it was funny because because I was from out of state, out of Arizona, they were all really free with their information and stuff like that. Although I don't think they were very free with each other. Yeah. Because you know I mean? everybody's like protective. So, uh, so I, you know, went around and made friends and talked to them and everything was cool. And then back to Arizona and then over the next year, Place Racing came out with these steel mounts with uh, poured urethane, you know, inside yeah. them. That was their, that was their trademark. And, and I was like, hated the fact the urethane tore so quickly away mm. from the mouth, so I'm begging them to let me uh, buy just the steel pieces and make my own urethane. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't do it, and I would order like 20 mount kits, and I would wait three months for them, you know, and then I'd only get five, and finally, you know, my brother and I were just like, what are we going to do? And my brother Keith said, fuck it, we're in the mount making business, so we started making mounts. There so, you go, man. Yeah, we, I, I got a car, we prototyped our own in our own location. Made them out of aluminum, so people weren't thinking we we're copying yeah. know, anybody. Made all three mounts, not just two, with the stock rear, and we we're like, and we we're off to the races. So, you know. Do you ever look back at everything and just uh, 
think how that idea got you here? I, I, I see it as a natural progression, so it's not like I look at it and go, oh, you know, I never envisioned it getting this big. I, I, I always thought that it was going to be a, a thing, and I always thought it was going to progress, and our bands have always kind of evolved, you know what yeah. I mean, as we've gone along, so uh, I just, I, I know the way life works is you step off of the last rung to the next rung higher each time, and that's how, and that's how things work when you're developing this stuff, so, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting is our technology is still kind of primitive compared to what some people are doing like with electronics and stuff or like that. Or like 3D scanning technologies right. and stuff I mean like that. that. I mean, we, we do you that. You guys do we that, use I know. That. But we don't use the 3D scanning, but we use a ferro arm to measure stuff yep. and, and we do design stuff in software and we do FEA. But, but what I mean to say is bounces are not that sophisticated you know what I mean it's it's a you know it's an isolator and a, and a metal body and it needs to put the motor in a particular location so it's not like it's a particularly advanced technological thing yeah. and I've really been able to I've luckily been able to ride on the coattails of companies like Honda who figured out how to how to decipher the the ECUs yeah. and then K-Tuner who came up with another alternative for K-Series you know I've been able to I've been able to take advantage of those people, but also by the same token, I think we've kind of helped them sell more product. You know what I mean? By well, yeah. I mean, everybody has to. I agree. I because you have the mount kits, I'm able to sell a wiring loom. Because I have a wiring loom, um, you can go in any order you want. Well, people but have more success. On data, exactly. People on have data, more yeah. We kind of need all of each other. Definitely. Because I remember, like when when you guys were doing mounts, you guys were offering some wiring solutions because it was a necessity every exactly. all your customers are like well then how the hell am i supposed to wire it up yeah exactly i mean early on we went to sport compact car and we said this is how you do a wiring harness yep and even telling people how to do it people wanted to buy it yeah do it themselves yeah so we would make wiring harnesses because we knew that getting the motor in the car is not the deal the deal was getting the motor to run right yeah you know what I mean? exactly so we early on made sure that there were wiring solutions and either we either told people or we offered it you know and yeah. that was that was important to the success of the business because your best your best sales force is the other guy going oh my god look how fast my freaking car is you know that was that was your sales pitch you know right yeah. you know everybody all their friends with civics are like going i want that too you know so you'd sell you know sell more mounts you know period yeah the wire harness was so critical to selling selling mounts yeah 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 it's dope how everybody just works together and just yeah. builds each other up you yeah. know just like you're saying without without the mounts the hardware kits we wouldn't even be able to sell them you know yeah. it everybody's parts complement each other absolutely and it's great that yeah, we could all work together it is. and really just, nice. just yeah. keep this whole thing going you know because at the end of the day this is the way that we all survive well I, I think I think there's enough swaps left to carry me into retirement you know 85, 90. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll be good. No. Nice. You guys do. You guys can retire earlier than me, though. <laughs> well, Brian, thank you so much, man. Thank My you pleasure. for being here. Thank you for your time and for what you do for the community, man. And thank you for doing this. I think this is this is a really great idea. Awesome. I wish you all the best success. Thank you, Brian. I'm trying. All right, guys. Um, before we get out of here, where can they find you at on uh, social? Well, social media, Brian at Hasport. Brian Gillespie on Facebook. Brian at Hasport. That's the one you want to... Uh, 
follow. Uh, I'm probably at 5,000 friends, so I'm not friending a lot of people. But uh, so uh, Instagram is Brian at Hasport. Uh, Twitter, I don't tweet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm Brian at Hasport. Uh, and of course, you can reach us. Uh, at VTech Academy, that's mm -hmm. VTech.academy or VTechAcademy.com. We have a YouTube channel, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, and uh, I read those things. So uh, if you want to connect, I'm there. Follow them, guys. Brian, thank you again. I appreciate Brian. it, brother. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. All right, brother. Man, this is, uh, this is a lot of crazy combos, dude. It's very cool. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. A lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me see what time we have. I think we have a couple more minutes. I was waiting for another guest to stop by. Uh, TJ, I don't know where the hell TJ went. I think he uh, got food poisoning. So, yeah, I had a little bathroom break. And <laughs> bathroom break and disappeared. I saw him over there earlier. Yeah, but um, dude, this is pretty cool, man. I like this. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we're able to sit down with all these people, get to pick their brain real quick, and see how... How other people really enjoy SEMA and what it what it brings, you know? Yeah, it's like overwhelming because there's so many people to talk to and it could just go on forever. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's so cool that, it, I mean, you know, a lot of Honda guests this time around, like yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, very yeah. Honda focused. Uh, but man, there's a lot of good Hondas at the show. So this is like kind of perfect, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, dude. Hopefully one day I could bring a car out here, man. But I, yeah. like I was just saying earlier about this Chevelle, like I wouldn't feel comfortable bringing a Honda unless it's done to that level you know yeah i mean dude even even the civic that i brought i was like is you know i i'm always like that though i'm like is this good enough to bring and i had people come into the shop randomly that were maybe not honda specific people like might be rotary guys or whatever and i'm like what like tell me what you think of this car i want to show you this car and all of them were just like, oh, dude, it's so cool. It's so yeah. retro. Like, it's going to do so well. It's so badass. And I'm like, that's what I needed to hear. Because if everybody was like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's cool. And you're, like, trying to sell them. I want people to look at it and just be like, I want it to have, to have presence. Definitely. If it doesn't have presence, then it shouldn't be here. Yeah. No. It definitely does, man. Especially, I really like the two-tone yeah. aspect of it. Right. I mean, that's a factory color way, even though it's not the exact factory colors. It's you know, it's the colorway that I grew up with. That, that was in a CRX form. That was my first car. Yeah. Red with oh, really? silver, you know, two-tone 87DX CRX yeah. first gen. So, I mean, like, this is, and my, my grandmother had that exact same car. Yeah. I drove around when I was a kid at, in that <laughs> car, that exact <laughs> same car. So, how long is it until it goes to the uh, owner? Um, I mean, whatever, dude. It's, like, It's ready? Yeah, like, I'm probably going to... We'll have it towed back to my shop, uh, but I'll just have Brandon pick it up whenever. Gotcha. I think it needs it needs to re-bleed the brakes. I think they're a little bit mushy because I drove it off the trailer and drove it around. But I mean, the engine's tuned, everything runs great. Um, I think it's ready, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a bird in here, man. Yeah. But um, I think we're good. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> there's somebody's calling. That sounds like it, dude. Ryan, thank you so much for sitting down with me and of doing course, this pod man. with me, dude. Like I said yeah. before, you've always supported the podcast, and I really appreciate that. Man. Oh, oh, dude, it's the least I can do, man. I just want, I just want to be able to tune in and listen to people that I want to listen to. Yeah. And if I can help a little bit, be like, hey, I know this guy, then I'm all for it, dude. Yeah, dude. Anybody listening, man, if there's somebody that you want to hear their story, you know, shoot them our way, man. Let, yeah, definitely. Let me know. 
and uh, hopefully we can get it done. But we've done a little sample interviews here with people, but guys that I really want to dig into, especially uh, Ron Bergenhoff. Yeah, that'd be know, a good one to have. For the, like, the energy that he has and his outlook on things, like I, I think that's really beneficial. Yeah, like I learned something today. I didn't know that he had so much involvement in that EV um, Formula Drift team. Yeah, so that's badass, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Anything electric just gets you going, huh? Uh, well, I see it as the future, so I think that it's uh, a very, it's something that I don't know about as much. Yeah. So I, that's what always gets me is things that I can learn yeah. about. I don't know if people know how close, close the future is. Yeah. To, uh, hey, is this a podcast? Oh, <laughs> good. That, that good final guest to have on. We finally got a second with him, man. But, uh, Sorry, guys. It's been real busy today. Ravi from CSF. Ravi, first of all, thank you so much for allowing us to do this at the pod, man, or at, at your booth, man. Of I course. really, really appreciate of it. Of course. I know the real estate here is a lot, and we're taking up some space, so I really, really appreciate it. It's all it, good. Though. You get the bill on Monday. <laughs> yeah, we just we put, we pushed some cars out of the way. <laughs> And uh, made a little area for Just, just give it's me a good. call whenever you get a chance to. 555-555-555. No, it all works out. I really appreciate you giving me the bolts for uh, you know for the Evo, for all the new stuff we put on it. So this is the least I could do, Frank. And uh, I had a great time on your podcast. And, you know, Ryan's been on there. We've all been on there. And I think, it's like, you know, the whole idea for your show is just connecting the community. And what a better place to do it than SEMA. Dude, definitely, man. And when you came up with that idea and you, you offered me that to have the podcast here, bro, that that like I didn't even have that idea you know and uh, just for you to give me that opportunity I really appreciate it Dude, we had we sat down with at least like seven people yeah and they're today. like a star quality guest I mean you got like you know Brian from Hosport and Dave's coming through and you know Reed won a big award and yeah. Ryan's won an award I mean this is awesome you know yeah. like you got really good uh, people from the industry coming in and I'm sure the conversations have been really nice. Dude, thank you, man So how many SEMAs does this make for you? This is my 11th SEMA that I've attended and the 10th one that we've had a booth So this wow. is a decade at SEMA um, You know, it's just it's it's crazy like even Ron Bergenholtz was here You know, he was my first SEMA car that I ever had He was the first race car ever to put CSF on his full tilt poker uh, RX-8 Wow um, you know, before full tilt poker went down Sick, for all the skins. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, and then 10 years later, you know, he's a guest on a podcast in my booth. And, you know, Ryan had his Integra here like four or five years yeah. ago. And it's just a nice, it's, a, it's nice to, to kind of look at where the brand is, you know, 10 years later and what we're doing and, you know, where we're going and the connections we've made from the show. It's, I, I don't think people really understand how important SEMA is to manufacturers if you do it right. You know, if you really invest the time to come out with a good display and you're here for the purpose of doing business, like, it's here. Everyone's here, you know? Yeah. This is where everyone's got to be, and this is where you can really meet so many new potential customers. I mean, if you make that opportunity happen, which you have, and we were talking about that earlier, is that you're in the community. You're not just somebody who sells parts. You're in the community, you know who the movers and shakers are, and you know what the future trends are gonna be, and, and you're no stranger to that, you know? And uh, it, I think that that shows a lot about you, you being an enthusiast, a business owner, and your whole mind for how, how all of this works. Because there's a lot of, like, quote unquote, bigger brands around here that don't have the presence that you have. And I appreciate that. And I, I mean, it's it's kind of what well, maybe I've told both of you guys in the past. It's like, 
people just care about what cars are in the booth. You know, no no one ever took a picture of the hanging sign, you know, yeah. that costs like 10 grand to make and <laughs> yeah. hang and like you gotta pay the union guys. You just gotta come with the right cars and you gotta show them in the right way. You know, yeah. I think the way we put the cars on race ramps oh, yeah, gives it awesome. like an elevated presence, you know, showing it without the bumpers off, lets people see what we actually make and you know, having Sheepy make me that exhaust just really Ooh, drew people in. So you know, great, it's just like man. people are attracted. It's a sensory overload show. Yeah. You know, so you got to be on top of it all, you know. And I think what we did, and, um, you know, especially with the cars, like this one being my personal car and the other one, us a title sponsor, people really start to connect the dots that we are enthusiasts. And it's not just about making parts, but it's about like we're using our own parts to show people that we do care and we do want the stuff to work and we want them to enjoy it just as much as we are with our own cars. Hell yeah, man. So. Dude, big shout out to you, Robbie. Once again, thank you for having us here at your booth. I wish you nothing but success, bro. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I hope you guys had a good podcast. Definitely. Thanks for the relationship. Like, dude, we met yeah. at SEMA. Yeah. I mean, Ryan's a perfect example. You know, he came to my booth like seven years ago. He's like, hey, I've been making these tuck radiators and I'm not happy with my current manufacturer. And, you know, everything about it just seemed like he was like having to jump through hoops to get something that he wanted. And I, we talked back and forth. I'm like, we're local. And look at his radiators now. I mean, we've sold thousands of these together, and they're, like, the best in the market. Oh, and yeah. I met Ryan from SEMA, and he's a perfect example of why I'm here, you know, to meet people. And we're, we're offering a service. We're making parts and cooling systems for people who are looking for something better. Dude. Yep. So. And then our relationship has turned into, yeah. like, super, super close friends. Yeah, we're super close friends. And Travel together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've all traveled together. Yeah. We've all hung out yeah. in Japan, you know. Yeah. And, uh I know you guys are going back this year. Maybe I gotta jump on and uh, dude, just make go. It out there. I know. Just I'm go. About don't it. don't have any plans for anything yeah. else. Just go and hang out with us. We we'll yeah. make some good memories, bro. It'll be an awesome. Yeah, I time, think man. I, I think it's gonna be like that. So yeah, we'll see. So, sick. Well, Ravi, I know that you're busy out here hustling, man. I really appreciate the space and you allowing us to do this here. And uh, just thank you for everything, bro. Of course, guys. Really I hope it's a good rest of the week for you guys. Thank you, brother. So Will before be. we get out of here, where can people uh, find you at and the company? For sure. So, uh, you know, CSF Cooling, our high-performance site can be found at csfrace.com. And then Instagram we use a lot. It's uh, csf underscore radiators. That's it, guys. Make sure you go support Robbie, man, because he's really in this. He's not just selling parts. He's a, he's a real enthusiast, and we need to show people like that more love. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, brother. So, uh, once again, Ryan, thank you so much for sitting down of with course. me. I appreciate it, dude. Um, you're you're good at what you do, bro. You you have a good way of putting out your opinion, and uh, the the combo just flows, man. Yeah. And we got to have you back at the spot. Okay, we will. We could do that. Hell yeah, dude. But uh, once again, guys, this is downtime with Downstar Live SEMA 2019 CSF booth episode 114, and we out. Peace.